Welcome to E-Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's Azizu back again E-Society Podcast. We talk TV, movies, comics, collecting, sports, and everything entertainment. And this is episode 286. Today we'll be talking about TV, including Blind Spotting, The Cube, and Big Brother Canada. Movies including Big George Foreman, Polite Society, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, and 2023's White Men Can't Jump. And as always, the week in sports, including the NBA playoffs, the week in Funko and collecting weekly Star Wars moment and our weekly random movie and song recommendations. But before I go any further, it's the Nez! Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? We're back. Took a break. Had a lot of stuff going on. Uh, My wife had some surgery She's doing good. She's back in action. Just uh, needed some stuff that needed to be done. She was actually supposed to get it done um, a few years ago. Mm. But then this uh, little thing called the pandemic kicked in and shut down everything. So so she had to wait. Uh, It was nothing that was like uh, hurting or anything. So she just had to wait. And then she finally got in there. Uh, in and out situation. Uh, she was a little rough in the beginning, but uh, it's been over a week now, and uh, she's doing uh, a lot better. She's going back to work uh, tomorrow, and uh, hopefully, I just uh, just no dancing and no running around and picking up everything. Just sit there and uh, do your job. So, but she's she's good. So yeah, I was a little nervous about all that, but other than that, everything is getting hot here everyone where i'm at it's probably nice and cool where the z suits at but uh i'm so you weren't sad there. about it I'm you so weren't sad there it, i'm so sad about it because uh i'm gonna send you right now um uh, today uh it was just like dude i just came off this road trip for a week uh yeah don't get me wrong it was Oh, too hot in certain places during the graduation. It was like 90 degrees, Reno's in the 70s and the 80s. But then I come back to Eureka and it's right back to the norm, the average year round. It's in the 50s here. Yeah, during the colder months, it can get, you know, down into the 30s. And then, you know, in the warmer months, it can get, you know, into the high 60s. But that's it around here. And, the gray, man. Just too much of the gray. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at uh, where you're at. He's right along the coast, everyone, in Northern California, almost to the top. And you don't even hit 60 at all for the next pretty much two weeks. Oof. And where I am at, we... Ooh, we're rolling back into the 60s. Nice. Uh, we were in the 80s all week. I had to climb on the roof and get the um, swamp cooler going. Well, Eric and I did. I'm, I'm getting too old to be doing this. I had to show him 
how to do it so he can climb up there. But uh, I've been off for a week uh, from work. And I will be going back to 83 tomorrow. Then it drops back into the 70s and 60s and some rain, which uh, I hope we get tons of it. But, yeah, um, I want to give a shout out to. I have a few daughters out there. <laughs> but, uh, I've no I've known her since I would say 2008. Yeah, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if I met her that first year I met you. Right, uh, but the Zisu's daughter here, Jade, she was just a little little girl, elementary school when I met her, and she is a college graduate. So, yeah, ninety some degree heat, no thank you. How, how yeah. did all that go? <laughs> yeah, so um, the journey from here, uh, you know, it's like seven hour drive, so you know, I'm full of the pods and whatnot. So I'm gonna get to that in a minute because I got some questions for you based on the stuff I listened to, but, uh, yeah, got to, um, Merced and, uh, interesting. I hadn't met her, uh, guy. She's, uh, dating yet, but, uh, the first time I got to see him was, uh, he's the lead of uh, a play at the playhouse in Merced. So got to see his play and then meet him afterwards. So, that was interesting. And then the next day I was wondering, because it was graduation, why we were limited to four people. And I was like, that seems silly. I've been to plenty of graduations, you know, even, you know, up in Reno, UNR and whatnot. And it's like, you know, whoever goes in, like, it's just, you know, your, your family's your family. So whatever. But I didn't realize till it started, got underway and they announced during the ceremony that they had 700 graduates. So that's 700 times four for the crowd. So I was like, okay, now I get it. With that many graduates, that many families, I understand the limitations now. But yeah, it was, um, you know, it was pretty long. It was a couple hours, but uh, it was really cool. And I got like a great video. A lot of times when you're shooting these videos at events, I'm particularly not good at it, either too late to press play or I'm, I press play way too early and the video's like minutes and minutes long. I got a nice 52 second video where exactly I caught her, her name being announced and then me passing through the crowd and then running up to like give her a hug. So uh, really happy I got that and I got her coming in and going out and we took photo ops. So, you know, and we... We celebrated with a lunch, uh, this interesting place. Uh, if you're ever passing by through Merced, uh, I had never been there before, but it's pretty cool. Um, if you ever been to a Dave and Buster's, like it's like in the style of that, but it's more like one of the kind. I know Marky wanted to take me to the one in Oakland uh, when I visited a few years back, but we couldn't get parking. So I still never been to that one in Oakland because he compared it to like a Dave and Buster's like a um, like a, a bar restaurant video games that whole thing and i expected when we went considering it was not only was it graduation day in merced it was mother's day so i was expecting it actually to be uh, quite busy but surprisingly it wasn't but yeah it was a pretty cool place called joystick in merced so if you're passing through there uh, recommend checking it out they got a lot of retro games they got uh, like big type board games i got uh what's that the 
you toss the bean bags uh, into the hole. Corn Cornhole. Hole. Yeah, they got darts. Uh, <laughs> they got shuffleboard. Yeah. So yeah, it was a pretty cool, pretty cool spot. So we celebrated her uh, her graduation there, and then um, once we were wrapped up there, everybody was you know a little burnt and. Uh, instead of getting a room for another day, I decided to go ahead and hit the road to uh, Reno a day early. So I got in uh, that Sunday night. So, And then we had uh, the whole week to just kind of hang out in Reno, uh, made our way to uh, Aces game one day. That was uh, pretty cool. And just so happened, I uh, was wearing my Giants gear and my new uh, Jesse Hernandez uh, Giants shirt. Shout out, Jesse. Uh, love it. Uh, not only uh, did I get to wear it to the event, it just so happened the Aces, who are a uh, affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks, um, we were play- they were playing the uh, Sacramento Rivercats, which is the affiliate of the Giants. So that was cool. Um, good amount of actual Giants gear in the fan. Not only is, you know... Reno's in proximity to be have Giants fans, but it was cool because they were, you know, the Giants uh, minor league team they were playing. So that was cool. Aces beat them big time, but so be it. It was still a lot of fun. Um, uh, Lily even got to uh, uh, get out of school a little early to join us because it was uh, kids' day. So when we got to the game, Sherry had had Joel uh, go grab Lily and uh, drop her off. So. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Got ice cream, had some drinks. That was really fun. And then finally, it came down to Thursday, which was the uh, planned uh, party for family that couldn't come to the graduation. And uh, that was really cool. I got, e- even though uh, Breeze is the true bartender in the family, um, I do it a lot too for family events. So I did it this time. And so that was fun. I, I made this uh, a bunch of different drinks, but I made this one drink that I had at Disneyland earlier this year, this uh, piranha pool. And it was funny because Razy said at the start it had uh, blue uh, curacao in it. And she's like, oh, I hate that. And like, like you're going to be the only one drinking this, she said. But it was a hit at the party. Everybody wanted it and everybody liked it. So <laughs> I was hyped. I was glad that worked out. Um, Breeze uh, put together like uh, a balloon game where people had to do uh, whatever it said in the, um, the 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 balloon. You know, just fun little games. Mine ended up being uh, do like a, a like celebrity impersonation, and I got put on the spot. And I was like, you know, going through my head, and I was like, I, I wanted to make it something, you know, people could get. So I was like, it took me a minute to get there. But when I finally did, um, I, I landed on uh, De Niro and it took uh, people a few seconds, but uh, uh, Dusty's wife, McKenna, she got it. She got that. Uh, I was doing my, I was doing De Niro face and I kind of even psyched myself out of my own head because I didn't know if I should say anything. So I was just doing the look, the De Niro look. You didn't say no lines from anything? No, because I was like, I was like, I can't, I, I, I was like, I, I was, I was like, I don't even know if I could say anything. I'm sure I could have. It's just a fun family game, you know, thing. But 
I was happy that somebody got it without me having to actually say any lines. I was like, I was actually kind of proud there. <laughs> you, you couldn't think of one thing. I didn't like a like, billion you know, movies way too much, you know, because at first I was thinking like, well, what's the last movie I saw in the theater guardians. And then I was like, okay, Chris Pratt. And then I was like, I could act like star Lord. And I was like, Oh no. I was like, I don't think anybody actually will get that. And then I was just thinking, uh, one of the, pods i was listening to on the way up which i'll get to in a minute and i was like de niro because actually somebody said like do pacino and then i was like okay so i'll do de niro because somebody yelled out do pacino <laughs> so that's easy <laughs> yeah so yeah i just did the face and yeah it worked out so that was cool um but then also i gotta mention because this involves you um Chris uh, put together a nice little uh, video photo package where he gathered up quotes from all friends and family, both attending and not. And that included uh, one from you. And I don't know if anybody was fully recording the video, a video of watching us a video, but I was a big reactor as maybe I'm known to be at like events and stuff like that. And uh, when yours came up, I actually uh, didn't know yours was going to come up. And I was like, hey, I was like, the nose. <laughs> so, I don't even remember what I wrote. He kind of put me on the spot. Yeah, can you say something? I was about to uh, take a nap. I was I was worn out. And then my okay. phone went off and I went, so who is this? And I looked at it and went, oh, well, shit, I got to say something. So I just, I don't remember what I said. <laughs> they were putting in a lot of last minute work. I know that because they were hitting up some of Jade's friend. They kind of actually, if Jade thought about it, which I'm sure she did, um, she pr probably, you know, could put it together because they were asking like earlier in the day, they were like, um, well, you know, what's your friend's like Instagram and like, well, what, what social are they going to answer? <laughs> it was like a little obvious what they were doing. I mean, I knew, but so maybe it wasn't obvious, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't even know at first too. Cause I was like, what do you want from me? Like, like, like five six seven words or like should it, is it like more i was like i didn't i didn't really understand what he was doing until i saw it so um but yeah it ended up being because i got it on an airdrop for him so i can actually uh edit. i think it's too long for me to text it to you because yeah it's eight minutes and 14 seconds so i guess i could uh was that the email thing we used to do with files I can send it to you that way. <laughs> you could see you your know? quote. What was it? Um, that mail thing, the airdrop or something. Uh, what, the, what the hell is it called? It's, it's called file share. Yeah, what the hell is it called, though? Um, I haven't used it since last time you had me. <laughs> you like, sent me. Uh, it's been a while. That's why I'm like, we transfer. That's that's okay. It. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to give him a quick, give him a little plug. Uh, if you guys need to send stuff simple and easy, uh, it's only limited to so much, I think up to like two gigs and we usually never send 
a ton of things anyway, that big anyway. So, but we transfer.com definitely go through them. There is a where if you need to say if your files are bigger, uh, I think you got to pay whatever the little fee is. And, but uh, we've used WeTransfer a lot here on the East Society. So I want to give them a little plug. Thank you yep, yep. for all that. Because our file, the, the files we send are very big. So it's yeah. just audio. So, right. but you can send uh, video and, and all that, depending on uh, how big it is. But you might have to pay. But yeah, yeah. WeTransfer.com. Check them out. I think I I sent I used it a bunch uh, during. Uh, the not last year's Big Brother coverage, but the year before that, because when I was covering it with Jade, each episode ended up being like near an hour because me and her kept talking back and forth about it. So the files ended up being bigger than just being able to send in text. When I record just a little uh, 10, 15 minute uh, NBA check in or Big Brother by myself then I think, you know, that still works over the text. But it's when you get into, like, the really big sizes, the hour lengths that you need it. So. But, yeah, works good. So. Um, but, yeah, just to wrap up on that, uh, it was really cool. It was really fun. We got um, Porta Subs. We got uh, Mexican Catering. Um, McKenna uh, brought a really nice uh, cake. Um, I was a little bummed. I, I, you know, I'm trying to interact, do everything, get drink orders. I was, you know, I did the tacos. I did the, 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 uh, subs. And then of course, you know, as I'm, you know, I, I had the piranha pools along the way as I'm making drinks for everybody else, but I didn't end up being able to get into the cake. I, I was bummed after the fact too, because after the party was over and everything had winded, you know, down, Rudy was gone. I was like, "Damn, I wish I would have put some aside." Because now I, I was, you know, sitting there wanting some. So, but uh, yeah. It, anyways, a um, lot of fun. Uh, got some good pictures. Um, at one point, uh, Sherry's sister Abby, who is also the same age as Jade, they um, grew up together, hung out a lot. Uh, when they were young, uh, that we, they did, uh, and neither of them are, uh, big drinkers. They wanted minimal stuff, but just for the, the fun of the event and whatnot, they did the whole, the classic, uh, shot thing, which I was able to pull out the quote from Sonny, like very early in Sonny, you may or may not remember when, uh, they had the, they had to get, uh, I can't remember. It was, I think it was Mac had to get, Dennis like blackout drunk and he kept saying like like oh, I'm just not getting it like is it the salt and then the lime or you do the lime then the salt and he's like no listen to me so uh but yeah they shot they set the video up and and did the shots or oh, even had uh, a shot of Midori perhaps on hand which I was able to uh, hook up uh Michelle with and you know that as you know, that's the kindest of the shots you can get. Midori is uh, very sweet. Uh, doesn't seem very alcoholic at all. So it's, it's one you of those super ups on you. <laughs> yeah, you got to drink enough of those. I did. Right, right. I think that last time Joel and them went, when we uh, stayed the extra night, um, we left on uh, Monday instead of the Sunday. Right. 
Oh man, I think I I went too hard Sunday night. Yeah, I was good. I was good when we were sitting there, and then when I don't know how many Joel kept buying them for me, and I was like, man, I feel all right. I feel all right. I didn't feel it until I stood up. I went, right, sit, <laughs> sit back down. Yeah, yep. So, uh, good time. But yeah, they um, they they took uh, tequila shots. So shout out to them. You know, they went hard. So for one, for one. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun and good to see everybody and great to celebrate and everything like that. And, uh, one last breakfast the next morning with Breeze, Chris, Joel and Sherry, Jade for uh, Hit the Road. Um, I did end up staying an hour longer than I should have and I missed my, my return window for the car, but so be it. It was worth it to, you know, have that time with family you don't always get that so uh you know more than fine with me and plus once i knew i wasn't gonna uh, make it in time i decided to go the way uh the the sacramento way so i was able to go drop by uh a1 comics there because i don't know if you knew maybe you did you probably do considering you're there more than i am but the uh the comic shop closed by the imax in sparks Oh, that frog place isn't there no yep. more? It's gone. It's a throwing axes place now. Hmm. I wonder when that yep. goes. Yeah, it's all gone. And then, like, I was like, oh, did they move? And I pulled up the maps, and it was like, nowhere to be seen. It's wiped off the map. <laughs> so, And mm. I went to the one on moana they're always good uh, i see they've stopped dealing in pops they seem to be completely out of the collectible game uh, it's just uh comics and um like desktop games like the warhammer dungeons and dragons type stuff now yeah they always have their little um game nights there yeah uh, i remember one time i was doing the late shift and i raced over there no, I went to get something to eat, and I was heading back to the airport, and I saw that this open sign was still open. So I pulled in there real quick, and I stuck my head in. You guys still open? They went, yeah. So I ran in there and bought some books uh, for me to read all night. So, But, yeah, they that good selection. If you do do those type of games, I don't. Um, there's all kinds of the little figuring things you play with and the dice and what have you to play all those games but yeah um comic kingdoms well it seems like it's the only one now yeah i and, think so uh, I mean, no sparks. oh there's the one there's the one in the mall too the meadowwood that's oh like, yeah they still got they still got a little bit of a pop selection too that's still a more uh full selection thing but yeah the one in moana they got out of the pop game the action figure game so no more for them but uh yeah, I guess that'll bring me into what I was going to say. Um, I listen to a lot of pods while I was on the road, uh, catch up on all my NBA coverage, my mismatch guys, no dunks guys, uh, sometimes a little Bill Simmons podcast. But then got to kick it over to the rewatchables. I usually save those for my long drives. I don't usually listen to those while just in town, uh, work days or anything like that. But um, got through a good stack of those uh got through chef iron man he got game 
uh, what else? Adventureland, Catch Me If You Can. And then, uh, most interestingly, in the one I had, uh, just a couple things to run by uh, uh, you on uh, Cape Fear. Um, you like Cape Fear? Yeah. Which one? Cape recently, the uh, remake. Yeah, the De Niro one. This Martin Scorsese one. Yeah, the Scorsese one. Yeah, that was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, De Niro was he was ripped in that one. Yeah. And he, yeah. He was all crazy and everything in that. I. It was a little eerie in one scene dealing with De Niro and, and Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis's character should have, was supposed to be a teenager, and obviously she was in her twenties. I don't know exactly how old she was, but she in was in real life. No, they were saying on the pod she was actually still only eighteen. And well, that's that's uh, the legal point, I guess. Everyone, right. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't do it, uh, teen. Even if you're 19, no, no, thank you. But yeah, she was sucking on his fingers and all that. I was like, oh man. But uh, to each his own. <laughs> she she was a grown woman, and yeah, uh, different times in the 90s. Right. Well, I threw it on when I got home. Like I had seen it, but you know, it was like a uh, needed a little refresher on it and i had like heard some them so much talking about it so it was interesting and then one of the other things that stood out to me from it uh pretty early in the film when uh de niro's out uh he goes to the theater and he's watching uh john ritter problem child on the big screen and he for like the whole scene is like ha 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 like nonstop, and he has like a cigar, and he's like, he's like flooding the theater with smoke. And I don't know if you ever were ever in a theater where like when that was allowed, but I can't remember when that was ever a thing. And like that was even more over the top than the guy I always talk about, the Bad Boys too. Like, you're right, we gonna do this. Oh no, they didn't. Like, yeah, like. He like was like cackling like nonstop. Ah! <laughs> I think the last. I mean, I remember growing up to. They didn't allow it, but they just seemed to not really care. Uh, people were smoking cigarettes in the um, Parkway Theater, the theater I grew up in in Oakland, right around the corner from my house. I, I grew up on East Nineteenth, and. Um, the theater was right there. I went to the movies every weekend and uh, not so much during the day at night is when people were smoking cigarettes or you can hear the, the clanking and the of cans and bottles and all that. And, but the last time I went to the movie theaters where somebody was smoking was um, Mike and I, we went and seen, uh, it was in the nineties, whenever uh menace to society came out. Packed theater. Uh, and the dudes right in front of me and next to me on my right side just lit up. Just whew, starting to lighten up the pipe, started lighting up the J's. And I was just sitting there going, All right, cool, whatever. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything to anyone. Everyone's there to enjoy the movie. I uh, saw the Henny bottles in the 40s, and nobody came in to try to stop them at all. 
it was it was nuts. So <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, damn. But all right, I mean, I didn't say nothing. I got a little contact high sitting next to those dudes. But, oh no doubt, no doubt. But um, yeah, when I was growing up in um, eighty, early eighties, maybe almost, um, I think eighty seven is probably when I stopped going there because. They turned it in. It was still a movie theater, but then they turned it into like a membership movie theater. And I was like, ah, this, this is stupid. I don't know. I, they started playing uppity bullshit, so I, I didn't. I didn't go there anymore. But uh, I grew up in there. Yeah, I mean, I I need. I would need to watch. I was trying to look for something to watch the other night, and I saw that it was on one of these streaming sites that are these streaming apps that I have, and that it was on there, and I wanted to watch it. But yeah, Cape Fear, that movie's hella good. I loved it. it. It was good. A little iffy on if he died at the end. Um, he did. He, he did. He kind of just went underwater, and that was it. I mean, he wasn't like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they didn't make a part two or anything. So. Right. Uh, the, original, the original one was just as good. How about Problem Child? Were you cackling in the theater? No. I was a little <laughs> too... I was, <laughs> I was a little older by then, and I mean, I've seen it. I've seen the first. Is it just two of them, or was there more? Uh, all I know is two. Let's see what we. Got. I I saw both of them. I mean, these were rental days. Um, Looks like there was oh, just. A t- I don't know where that kid oh, is. No, there was three. Oh well, I didn't see the third one. That kid's claim to fame was Problem Child, and then he just kind of disappeared. Maybe I don't know, but. The last thing I had to mention as far as Kate Fears involved was, um, interestingly, and I thought you would find this interesting, was, uh, I guess, or it was two, it's twofold, two reactions I wanted from this from you. Um, supposedly, there in the early 90s, both Silence of the Lambs and Kate Fear uh, did not allow, which I guess this was a more normal thing back then, but they did not allow Fangoria to uh come to their set or cover their movie because uh even though they were in that thriller slash horror not really horror but like that fangoria might have covered it like they were trying to be taken more seriously um with what they were doing so they didn't allow them in there so uh two-part questions one you may have mentioned this before but uh, I was I was wondering as I was listening to this, I was like, oh, yeah, Fangoria. I was like, were you ever a big reader? You had a big collection of Fangoria? I didn't have a big collection, but Mike did. Okay. Uh, that, that's when I was introduced to Fangoria. The very, excuse me, the very first one that I had seen uh, was right after, it was in 1980. It was right when um, Friday the 13th came out. Oh, I gotta see Fangoria magazine. <laughs> um, there was Star Wars was on the cover. Uh, it was right be right when um, or right before Empire came out, uh, I believe. When, when did Empire come out? Eighty one. Eighty. No. Eighty. Okay. So it was right when that one came out. It was. I remember it was an orange car. Oh, here it is. I had to look it up. Everyone. I want to say it was issue like. Six or something like that. Um, 
what number issue is this? I, I can't even see, man. These guys overtook this picture. Didn't do a, a good job. It was, yeah, that was perfect. Issue number six. Um, uh, I'd seen Friday the 13th already, and uh, Mike was like, whoa, what's this, Fangoria? I just mainly saw it because Mike had it. And uh, you've seen uh, 3PO and R2 on the front uh, when they're in the snow and Empire and the, the Hoth base. And then I, in, in the corner, I saw um, uh, a little of the, who was that? Was that Doug? No, what the hell was his name? Paul? I think that was his name. I should know that movie front to back, everyone. But he uh, he got his, when he got uh, stabbed uh, in the eye with an arrow when he was hung on the door. I just sent you the picture of the cover. So I had seen that magazine, and I was like, oh, cool. I couldn't even tell you what Star Wars, Star Wars was in it. I was just all into the Friday the 13th because that movie just blew my mind. For those of you that are new to the show and you don't know, all you new older OGs, you guys already know, Friday the 1980 version, uh, Friday the 13th, the original, is my all-time favorite horror film slasher film whatever you want to call it so i was all about it and when i remember looking i want this actual magazine i mean just for my friday 13th collection but um uh other issues that mike had going to the the bookstores or there was this um there was this uh newspaper stand store in uh, downtown oakland i remember i used to go down there just to get um uh, they had comic books and candy and, and all that, but in the back there was just a whole bunch of magazines and they had um, Fangoria magazines. And there was Starlog and I can't remember the other magazine, like Monster magazines and all that. But I just remember every time I saw Fangoria, I, I don't even think I even own any. If I do, I don't really. If it's It's probably something from the 80s, but I don't offhand i don't remember skateboarding was in my life because i used to skate down to that place um and i was always just buying really skateboard magazines at the time uh it was right before thrasher came out too um so but i was just all into fangoria after I okay there's this magazine and it's got nothing but horror movies old horror movies and that's then i was introduced to Starlog, be and then there was the star wars the star treks the battle star and Everything else uh, that went along with that, then the, and the alien and everything in the in the sci-fi genre, but Fangoria magazine, I believe it's in a much smaller print. Like they still print them, but they probably don't print as much as they used to. Uh, I know you can go on uh, Facebook or online and look at all all the Fangoria news and everything. But yeah, I mean, every time I would go to Mike's house, he had them. Uh, I think he bought his at Seven Eleven by his house. And I would just flip through and look at all this, the crazy nonsense that was in it. The thing that I loved about Fangoria the most was after, like all, and me growing up in the 80s and everything, everything that was, every movie that was made went to the theater. It probably didn't go to every theater throughout the country. But, I mean, maybe a lot of the late night uh, drive-in places or Parkway Theater got a lot of these super B uh, horror films that didn't go to the bigger places. 
So that that's why I loved growing up where I grew up because I got to see all this craziness. Uh, I got to see the motel hells. I got to see the the ghoulies, and I got to see the phantasms and all the Friday Thirteenth and the Halloweens and everything. Yeah, those are big names now, but back then they weren't when they were all brand new. Especially Nightmare on Elm Street. That was the first one wasn't shown in, that I can remember in a lot of the theaters that that were in in my neighborhood or in in Oakland. Uh, I don't remember seeing them uh, at uh, until the, the the sequel started to come out. Um, but the first one was at Parkway Theater because I remember that was packed every time I went in there to go see it. Uh, I saw it multiple times in the theater. But yeah, I mean, Fangoria Magazine always gave me the update on what was coming because there was no internet, boys and girls. So this was the news that I got to, oh man, this movie's coming out. I want to see it. But then later when it turned into VHS era, they um they were still making movies. I mean, even now, if you pick up Fangor Ma- Fangoria magazine, yes, on the cover is probably I'm looking at one now. Uh, it's got Megan on the front. Uh, that what to me wasn't a horror movie. Good movie, but it wasn't a horror movie. My opinion. Um, so I would look at these, and they would just show all this blood and gore and dismemberment that I love. <laughs> and I'm like, what what movie is this? How can I see these movies? Um. And I'd, I'd have to search for them. I mean, I'm like, oh, man, I have to go to the video store, go into the horror section. I mean, Blockbuster had pretty much the mainstream horror stuff. Rarely anything super B or, or, or crazy off the wall. I had to go to this other video store that was like a block away from Blockbuster. And they had everything in there. So I would, oh, I would just, my Fridays and Saturdays, I would just go pick all these crazy looking covers on the VHS. I'd go home and watch them. Some of them were awesome. Some, a lot of them were crap. But but it, I really loved uh, and I still love horror movies today with the practical effects. CGI, if it's done good, cool. I'm not I'm not the one for CGI blood. To me, it just looks horrible and fake. But when you got the, the practical effects, the latex and the gallons and gallons of blood and everything, to me, I love all that. My hat goes off to all the special effects guys and gals that do this to make like me fans of of the gore and slasher genre just amazing i mean i i love fangoria i never ever got a subscription i really got a subscription to anything not even the thrasher yeah trans world but if i see fangoria somewhere uh i stop and i just flip through it and all this looks off i've never really bought one i mean i had i had starlog because i was all about star wars everything that had vader or r2 or whoever on the on the cover i bought it but I mean, at this time, reading this this Fangoria, the the one I, that I, I sent you, the the cover, right, right, Friday the Thirteenth, it still spooks me. I'm 51 years old now, and that movie was a billion years ago. It still spooks me out today. Uh, Betsy Palmer, rest in peace. She was Mrs. Voorhees before they gave her her first name. Um, she scared me in this. I watched this the other day. We just had the anniversary uh, for Friday the Thirteenth, and um. It was just like me two weeks ago. Uh, it still creeps me out. I mean, I love that one the most. Uh, a lot of you to listen to the show have probably heard this story a million times. What I loved about the first one so much is that it. This is the one that was like the realist before the the zombie Jason and all. He can't be killed and, and all that. This was just um, a mother that just was taking revenge on this camp summer camp place and the family and the people that were trying to keep it open 
because she murders spoiler alert she murders the the people the the two counselors that should have been watching him uh when he drowned i mean it's it's that's what i loved about it It was something like that i mean anything i mean something happens or a kid that could have been prevented but these these people weren't watching them of course we're gonna be, be mad i would you want to go and uh, burn the, try to burn this camp down and go on a murderous rampage? Maybe. I don't think I would, but I mean, that's what I loved about that movie. I mean, a lot of the 80s stuff, yeah, they're all crazy and, 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 and unbelievable, but to me, that's why I loved Friday the 13th so, um, so much. I mean, even the, the original Halloween. He wasn't, he wasn't an unstoppable killer. He was just some crazy guy. And he was just going after. This was before they added the extra story of him being uh, the brother of Laurie Strode. But then that got all erased with these last three Halloween films. Um, but it, it was that it was Friday the 13th and Halloween, as well as Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, even Texas Chainsaw Massacre, if you, if you want to go into all those other slasher things, they were supposed to be just one and duns. That was it. But if your movie makes so much money they're going you know what let's let's make another one and that's what they did that's why we got a billion friday 13th we got a billion halloweens a billion texas chainsaws and nightmare on elm streets were they all good of course not but if you ask me about the friday 13th series i love all of them except for part nine jason goes to hell to me that one was bullshit yes i have it in my collection i got it in vhs dvd and blu-ray so but i'm a i'm a completist I love the Friday the 13th series, but Fangoria Magazine, um, I, again, I pick them up when I pick them up, and I just flip through them. I, I enjoy everything that's in it. I may read the article or two, but I mean, I've never actually bought one. But this one, the cover that I had sent you, Fangoria number six, um, like I said, it's got, uh, I think there's an interview with Anthony Daniels, uh, plays 3PO, was right when uh, Empire, I don't know if this came out when Empire was out. Um, or it was coming out. Uh, I don't. I don't remember. I think. I think it was already out by by this time because Friday the Thirteenth. I can't even see the the date on this cover. Um, not really sure on what the date was because Friday the Thirteenth came out this month. Um, well, so did well. Empire was probably already out because it came out in May as well, right? Yeah. So. I don't know. I don't want. I don't want to do no research, everyone. But yeah, yeah. Fangor. What brought up Fangoria magazine anyway? <laughs> so yeah, let me bring it back to that because I got another spinoff question, and we better get to the regular part of the show. But um, the I, I yeah, I just want to remind you the reason they were saying uh, Fangoria was not allowed into the set or their normal um access that they were given they were given access on on regular movies in hollywood but they were not allowed into the set or allowed to have promotional materials related to both silence of the lambs and cape fear those movies as thrillers were trying to you know present themselves as more prestigious as something that could be academy award worthy uh, films. So I don't know how you feel about those two films as far as uh, their slasher slash horror thriller nature and the prestigeness of them. But um, 
the spinoff question I had for you based on this is, uh, I think one of the guys on the pod, I think it was Sean Fennessy. I think he made the quote and like, as soon as he said it, he said it pretty fast, but it stuck with me. Cause I was like, I got to ask Nez if he agrees with this. Uh, Sean said that from the late eighties, he didn't give an exact date, but he said from the late eighties, all the way up until the first scream came out, he said that was probably the worst period for horror in history as far as movies go from the late 80s all the way up to scream. And I wanted to know if you agree with that and what you felt about the movies in that period from the late 80s to until scream like is that the weakest period in horror in history a scream came out in 96 uh, no there was that's uh, what he was saying that's what he was saying and i was like oh i gotta ask Nez if he agrees that because he i okay let's just say whatever let's just say like 88 88 to 96 is that the weakest era in horror uh i need to see what was out at the time. I, I just put in horror movies, 1988 to 1996. Uh, everyone, this is going to be a long episode, so break it up <laughs> if you have to to listen to it. Uh, this should have been... <laughs> should have been its own. I, I, I should have been honestly, a Spotify. Honestly, I thought these questions were going to be like two, three minutes long. <laughs> um, I, I just need to see what was in this time. I mean... Yeah, because he was just saying that like... Silence of the Lambs and Kate Fear came out during this all-time bad period for horror, too. Because uh, Silence of the Lambs was 91, I believe. Because um, that was the first movie Renee and I went and seen together. We saw it at the uh, Cal Theater. Um, okay. Um, let me see what we got going on here. I assume these are all in between movies between the the years that I put. Um Child's Play, cool. Killer Clowns from Outer Space, cool. Uh Friday the 13th, when did this Oh, that came in 88. Friday the 13th part uh, 7, New Blood. Pff, that was awesome. Frighteners uh 96 as well. That was hella good. Scream of course. Monkey Shines eh. Uh, Dust Till Dawn, 96, hella good. Uh, uh, Blob, 1980. What? So, so far, you've named things that came out in 88 and 96. Like, he's talking about that period in the middle. No, I'm just, there's, there's other, there's other one. Like, uh, okay, that was 88 too. The Blob, that was hella good. The remake, uh, Halloween 4, that was also 80. Yeah, this is, I just, hmm. Yeah, yeah, all these things, all these ones that are. Period. This is all stuff that came up. Um, because like I said, he didn't give an exact date. He just said from the late '80s until Scream was probably the worst period for horror movies in history. Um, let me see. What was in '89? Um. Oh hell no, man! We had uh, Jason uh, goes takes Manhattan. We had Shocker. We had Leviathan. We had Halloween Five. We had uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, the Church, um, Warlock, Fly Two, um, 
Deep Deep Star Six. I know a lot of people didn't care for it. I did. I loved it. Um, well, let's go two. from let's go from ninety to ninety five. That's like safe. Let's say ninety to ninety five. Okay, let me see. Let me just go nineteen ninety. Um, ninety five. Oh, oh fuck, we had misery. Well, that wasn't a horror movie. Jacob's Ladder. That wasn't a horror movie. Hella good. Uh, Tales from the Dark Side. Good. It. Good. Tremors. Hella good. Uh, arachnophobia. It was horrific, and I hate spiders. But it's iffy, everyone. Uh, Night of the Living Dead remake, nineteen ninety. Hella good. Child's Play two. Hella good. Graveyard Shift. Eh. <laughs> It was what it was. Flatliners, I like that one. Nightbreed, hella good. Predator 2, hella good. Exorcist 3, hella good. Gremlins 2, <laughs> yeah, I could take it or leave it. Leatherface, uh, Takes a Chance on Massacre 3, hella good. Darkman, was it as a horror movie? <laughs> I didn't think so. No, uh, Pacific Heights, it was more of a thriller. Awesome movie, though. Ghost, that was a love story, and it was hella sad. Wouldn't but put it called a horror movie. Um... Repossessed. It was goofy, but it was funny. Uh, Lisa, that wasn't a horror movie. Yes, there's horrific situations in it, but I wouldn't go that far. Um, what is this other one? Puppet Master 2? Eh, it wasn't as good as the first one, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. Those were a lot of good movies in 90. Uh, let's go to 91, everyone. Let's see. Well, we'll I'll, I'll try to get through uh, these really quick. Um, uh, People Under the Stairs, hella good. Um, okay, Cape Fear came out and Silence of the Lambs came out in 91. Both of those movies awesome. Freddy's Dead. Yeah, I didn't really care for that one. Chucky 3, Child's Play 3, hella good. Um, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 5. It, it, it's alright. <laughs> Sleeping with the Enemy? That's not a horror movie. Yeah, it was a horror, horror, horrific situation. Um, Tracers? Oh, that was the second one. I, I liked that one. It was goofy, but I liked it. Uh, Puppet Master 3 is when it started to go downhill, but I still enjoyed it. Um, the House of uh, Tombstone Hill. I'm getting that confused with something else. Um, what else is on here? Uh, Dollman. That's not a horror movie, but all right. Uh, the Terror Within 2 was all right. Puppet Master 3. Yeah, like I said, it was going downhill. Afraid of the Dark. I liked it. Um... Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> <All right. laughs> uh, good movie, everyone. Barton Fink. That was a horror movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Then we got Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's slow, but I liked it. Uh, Stephen King is a sleepwalk. This is on 92 sleepwalkers. That was hella good. Army of darkness. Hella good. Candyman. The first one. Hella good. Dr. Giggles. Hella good. Buffy the vampire <laughs> wow. slayer. I, it's goofy. I liked it. Um, Innocent Blood. That was cool. Lawnmower Man. Goofy. Had nothing to do with the real book, but it was good. Demonic Toys. The first one. I liked it. After that, it went downhill. Um, Hellraiser Three. That's to me. That's when the the series started to go downhill. Um, Toy uh, Pet Cemetery Two. Uh, that one was cool. Um, the Hand that Rocks the Cradle. It wasn't a horror movie. More of a thriller. Bates of Instinct thriller. Alien 3, not a horror movie, but an awesome uh, sci-fi film. Uh, Juice, that's on here? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome film. Um, Tony Lips? Yeah, what the? I don't know who's making these lists, everyone. Uh, Critters 4, uh, I like the Critters movies. They were goofy. Um, the Chill Factor, Getting that confused with something else. But um, there were some good lists, good movies on this. Um, who said this? 
Sean Fennessy. Like I said, it was it was kind of a passerby comment. They didn't linger on it. He's just saying he was saying like you got to remember when Kate Fear and Silence of the Lambs came out that it was probably from the late 80s until Scream is probably the weakest time for horror movies in history. And you liked a lot of these, so I got to ask you, what time do you think has been the weakest? Was it the early 2000s? Was it the last 10 years? There's always what something time, good every year. Was like, what, but what time do you think was the weakest for horror movies? When were they probably the most the, damn? Probably in the 70s. I mean... There were some good ones, in my opinion, everyone, because I'm sure some of you, some of you, are screaming at me. But seventies, <laughs> uh, I do like the omens. I do like the the, the Amityville horror and, and all that. But to me, I mean, it was just some of that seventies stuff that was like, yeah, okay. It's I have a lot of seventies horror in my collection, everyone. But uh, to me, eighties was, was, in my opinion, the best. After me really getting into a lot of horror films and the VHS and the DVD, and then now we got all these different streamings. Like we got Shudder with a billion movies. There's good movies. There's been good horror movies every single year. Maybe it's not a uh, a mainstream horror film, like like I said now, because a lot of people, a lot of these indie directors are making stuff. Mike, I mean, uh, his his movie got got viewed over a million times. I mean. It's just you just gotta find these these gems. I mean, I'm on ninety three. Got Leprechaun. We got Return of the Living Dead three. We got Body Snatchers. This is when Jason Goes to Hell comes out. Garbage film, but uh, (laughs) The Good Son. Yeah, was that a horror movie? I didn't think so, but it was a good movie. The Dark Half. That was it. Was cool. I liked it. Witchboard two. Goofy, but I still enjoy it. Um, California. Yeah, I was about serial killer, but I wouldn't go as far as calling it a horror film. Yeah, no. Um, what else is on here? Oh, when a stranger calls back. Uh, the 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 sequel to um, when a stranger calls. I liked it. I have it here in my collection. Dark uh, Shadow Hunter. That was a good one. It was spooky too. Um, what else is on here? Uh, the Mummy Liz. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. Um, there's. Uh, yeah, the Puppet Masters. I don't even know how many movies there is of those. They they've been just dropping those movies left Sounds and right. Sounds like it. You keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, they, there's a bunch of Puppet Master movies. All right, let's roll. I'm. This is the last year. No, two more years. Uh, Interview with the Vampire. Awesome film. I'm not a horror movie. Um, and Mouth of Madness. I'm in '94. Everyone. Awesome. The Crow. Not a horror movie, but it's still a good movie. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with uh, Academy Award winner Robert De Niro. Uh, awesome. Wolf. Hey, it was all right. Uh, new West Craven's New Nightmare. That was good. I liked it. Serial uh, Mom, not a uh, horror film, but it was a good movie. Uh, Natural Born Killers, not a horror movie, but it was it was good. Demons 2, hella good. I just covered that on the, the last um, 31 Days of Horror. Leprechaun 2, eh, it was all right. Pumpkinhead 2, eh, all right. Um, Phantasm, which was this in part four. Uh, Lord, no, this is three. Lord of the Dead. I enjoy it now. I didn't enjoy it when I first came out. That one, a horror movie that Chuck Norris did, Hellbound. It was cool. I liked it. Um, Puppet Master 5. Oh, <laughs> um, <geez. laughs> they just uh, Yeah, they do. They they were. They were just busting those movies out left and right. Uh, I think they're still making them. Oh, jeez. Those were good <laughs> movies uh, in 94. I mean, who, who is this guy, man? All right. Um, uh, <laughs> I guess 
It the was return an off-handed of the... comment. I just was wondering if you also too. Hell no, nah, man. <laughs> uh, this movie was garbage. Yes, I do. Because I was like, oh, collection. maybe he's right. Maybe he's right. Because like I was thinking, like you've got you've got like the horror, you know, the classics, the Freddies, the Jasons of the '80s, and then I was like, maybe it did cool down until uh, Scream. Nah, man, you got uh, you got Texas Chainsaw, the return or the return of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is a garbage movie. Hella good, no, or hella no good. Uh, it's got two Academy Awards and award winners in it: Matthew McConaughey and uh, um, uh, Renee Zellweger. You gotta wow. start. You gotta start somewhere, <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Halloween Five: Curse of Michael Myers, garbage. I hate that one. Uh, Species, the first one, hella good. Lord of Illusion, that was cool. I liked it. Village of the Damned, hella good. Uh, John Carpenter. Uh, the first Ice Cream Man with the great uh, Clint Howard, awesome. Demon Knight, or, uh, Tales from the Crib, Demon Knight, hella good. Uh, Tales from the Hood, uh, Candyman, Farewell to the Flesh, that was the second one, I believe. Uh, it's, this, this is another Real quick, one. Let me, let, me, let me ask a question. You said something that reminded me of something that was randomly said on another one of these rewatchables. They mentioned Ben Kingsley in Species, and I had seen that before. W- what was the big thing with that? I was like, I was trying to remember. What, are the, what were they talking about? What was going on with Ben Kingsley, Species? I don't remember. I haven't seen uh, that movie. Uh, I haven't see, seen I that movie. In a, it's been a long time. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I watched that. Was, that's not one that I was like, ah, cool, let me throw it on or, or yeah. watch it whenever. They were talking on. about the Iron Man one, and one guy, uh, Bill Simmons doesn't follow Marvel. And then they had the other guy and he was like, a you know, complete Marvel fan. He knew everything. And he brought up uh, how Ben Kingsley was a fake Mandarin. And then they had some offhanded comment about uh, Ben Kingsley and species. And I was like, I don't remember what that, what that was. So I'm sure somebody's yelling at us. <laughs> Cause then even you got, uh, when was, I think that might've been, in the uh, yeah, I think that was the two thousands, um, when all the 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 J horror and the all that started hitting, um, the Grudge and the Ring and and all those, I think those were in the either late nineties or early two thousands. Okay, yeah, the first one. Uh, the movie with uh, the first Jew on was uh, 2000. Uh, but I don't know who this dude is, but uh, he's probably not the the average horror watcher that I am. So, right. I mean, I mean, like all those years, the, those are just random ones that popped up on the screen. There's probably other ones that I, that I forgot about. But I mean, uh, as far as mainstream horror. I don't really remember much being in the theater unless it was a big franchise. Yeah, I mean, there, there, were, there were small ones he here meant. and there. Maybe that's more what he meant. Like there was nothing, no like big timer between the late eighties and when scream scream even, was the first big one since the late eighties. It's probably big as box office numbers. I mean, because uh, yeah, I mean Wes Craven, he was bumping out movies, but nothing was hitting for a while, and then Dan yeah, Screen. like also and like Sc- new character because you mentioned there were a ton of puppet masters, but like Scream was the first like new one in a while, right? Yeah, because I mean they're 
I think that was a, the one I saw it at the Dollar Theater, Green Bray. When that came out, I saw it like maybe the last week of its run. And oh, wow. uh, everyone everyone was telling me, go see Scream, go see Scream, it's good. And I was like, all right, well, was that the Dollar Theater? Let me go. Man, I left the theater. Man, that was hella good. Like, then after that, it was gone. <laughs> I had to wait until <laughs> Scream 2 came out. But, I mean, it's maybe this guy, whoever said this, is talking about mainstream horror. Because even in the Probably. 2000s, even in the 2000s, there was a long time where there was nothing like big horror movie-wise in the theater. Yeah, they were coming out. But they were like, it would be out, everyone would see it, and then eh, it would just disappear. It, it yeah. didn't get like big box office scream numbers. Yeah. So, That's I mean. Probably what he was talking about, because he was also talking about how, uh, I guess, Cape Fear actually put up big numbers too, which was like, they were talking about how, like, you release this movie now, it probably does very minimal numbers and you know um you know they were talking about like okay now like how about leo in uh the De Niro role now you know maybe <laughs> i don't know don't don't remake that movie again it was fine with that second one but who knows yeah. someone's probably listening to us and has the money to do it well we well, see you know, it would be funny it would be funny if uh because you know um uh, Gregory Peck, he was in the original Kate Fear, and then he's in that one. It'd be funny if in this one, like, just say Leo did it, if De Niro was some other character, like the lawyer character. <laughs> That'd be kind of funny, like a generation, Kate Fear generations. <laughs> well, Nick, Nick Nolte's still going. I mean, he can... He, he was playing. He was playing Gregory Peck's character. He could pop up in it and be the lawyer. Right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah, I don't. Hey, yeah, hey. everyone, we're an hour in. Everyone, I haven't even started the show. <laughs> yeah, and little did we know. I thought this would be like 10, 15 minutes, but here we are, hour in. <laughs> All right, but yeah, let's uh, let's get this ball rolling. We might have to sure. Star Wars. Does there any? Do you have anything? I have nothing. There's nothing really big. We're just waiting for. Uh, uh, what you would call it, Ahsoka to come out? We might have yeah, to skip some. Ahsoka, we might have to skip uh, some things. <laughs> Jedi Survivor, the game. Uh, I had to put it on pause. Obviously, taking this trip, I will get back into it. Uh, this is actually tangential though to Star Wars and the Star Wars universe because it's Lucasfilm. Uh, I text you this a couple for a couple days in a row. Um, Willow, his. Uh, Going to be erased from existence. It only Why debuted. Did... It only debuted a few months ago. But in a few days, uh, of the TV series uh, is going to be removed from Disney Plus, and it may never be seen again. So um, I know the news is out there. So I'm sure people. I don't have that capability of like getting a good recording off a computer or off the TV or anything, but I'm sure people are doing it. And then in the future, the only way we might be able to get it is at like uh, swap meets and yard sales, things like that. But uh, yeah, they're erasing Willow from our existence. And that's kind of a bummer. Uh, let me go over to, um, I don't see it on here. I've got a couple movies from this guy. Because I don't on. think, I don't think that they're. 
I don't think they're going to do the Blu-ray. I think this might be following what happened with Batgirl and they're going to just basically act like it never existed. So they don't have to pay any uh, rights on it or uh, commissions or anything like that. So they'd rather just do away with it like it never happened. And I'm like, damn, that's a bummer. <laughs> I didn't okay. love it as much as I loved the original movie, but I liked it. And yeah, bummed. <laughs> uh, did it go through? Check uh, your Instagram. Thanks. I just yeah. I just sent you something. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I got I got something from this guy. Oh, <laughs> I got I got do it. I got something from this guy, and I just watched both movies, oh, and did they're, you? they're clear. Oh, um, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm doing um, it. I'm I got uh, <laughs> two films, Larry Park, um, or Larry Clark, I'm sorry, Kids and uh, Ken Park. Uh, kids, awesome film, but I, they're, they're <laughs> I jumped the gun on Kids. Uh, I mainly got it because of Ken Park, because that is not in print anywhere unless you want to pay a million dollars but um i finally saw that film and it was all right i mean it wasn't what everyone was talking about it was just it was just because it was one of those band movies that nobody everyone was saying oh there's so much graphic stuff in it um and it, it was just never really really it was released but not really but i watched the film i i get one of the scenes they're talking about was really graphic. It was a, a sexual situation. Um, but I was watching the film. I'm like, there's a lot of known actors in this movie. Uh, it was a film that came out in 2002. Um, uh, Ken Park, what the hell is it called? Or what was uh, the um, synopsis on this film? Uh, kids, if you guys have seen that, uh, I love that movie. It, it, the situations in it, yeah. I mean, talk to your kids. Ken Park is about a, is about several California skateboarder lives and relationships with with and without their parents. Hmm. Okay. All right. I think it was that, but all right. Um, director Larry Clark and Edward Launchman, I think I believe, and uh, the writers were uh, Harmony Corrine. And uh, Larry Larry Clark. Um, it's just one of those movies that um, you got to search for. I, I believe that it, it may be getting around the the ratings thing now, but especially with stuff that comes out today, uh, really within the graphic nature. I think this this to me this movie wasn't that bad, but there were there was the the sex scene was kind of like hmm maybe I could see why that would turn a lot of heads from the the ratings people, but. Uh, overall, I mean, the movie was okay. It wasn't uh, what what I thought it was going to be, the way that everyone was talking about it. But um, it was all right. I mean, I watched it once. Will I watch it again? Probably not. But kids, yeah, that that was a good movie. Um, but that's coming out uh, on an actual real 4K Blu-ray or whatever pretty soon. I, I put my pre-order in for that because I want the uh, the collector's one. Because uh, that was one that never really came out on Blu-ray. But now uh, an actual official release is coming uh, for kids. But all right, everyone. that's. Uh, but yeah, dude, there you go. I mean, uh, it was, it was clear. I'm it was clear. I'm dude. In. Especially really clear. since you 
signed off like if, if you were just like oh yeah here's a link but you've you've gotten something from them like i'm sold <laughs> uh there's another guy that uh, that i follow i i got uh, gleam in the cube from him um it's decent it's not as good as the these guys the link there the Instagram people that I sent um, they have a website too that's where I got it from um, yeah uh, but it's it's legit it came it's um, blu-ray box uh, the cover art looks cool um, it's just like on a rewritable DVD but it, yeah. it looks it looks and it sounds good it looks and yeah. it sounds good. And like, it's interesting, they did for this. I can tell for the thing you sent me, it, it says the complete first season, the next adventure begins. That's cool. That's cool. And it has a little Blu-ray disc at two times Blu-ray. Oh man, that's awesome. Yeah, hundred percent in. It's crazy too. I sent you that um, uh, that one tweet. Uh, somebody put out in honor of the upcoming 35th anniversary of the Willow movie, Disney Plus is dot 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 checks notes removing the Willow series from its platform. Huh. I send you another uh, one. I, w- I want to get these. <laughs> I have them on DVD, but I want Blu ray. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> the theatrical cuts. No special edition crap and no Hayden. At the end of Jedi, <laughs> so I want I want these. I, I think these were burnt off a laser disc or something, but I don't know. Anyway, everyone, that's enough of an hour of <laughs> uh, other things. Um, again, if you listen to this all at once, we'll try to race through everything. Um, sure. All right, um, uh, we're gonna start off with movies. Did you have any movies? Uh, I saw Aaron theaters. I didn't talk about it on the pod, and I did. White Men Can't Jump, 2023, and I saw Unbearable Weight when it first came out last year, too. All right. Yeah, I just watched that one. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, uh, Unfulfilled and Facing Financial Ruin actor, Academy Award winner actor, Nick Nicholas Cage accepts a $1 million offer to attend a wealthy fan's birthday party. Things take a wildly unexpected turn when a CIA operative recruits Cage uh, for an unusual mission. Taking on the role of a of a lifetime, as he soon finds himself channeling his his own I- iconic and beloved characters to save himself and his loved ones. Uh, stars, uh, of course, uh, Nicolas Cage, uh, Din Djarin, Pedro Pascal, Lily Moshin, Sharon Hogan, uh, Alessandra something something. I can't pronounce her last name, and a bunch of other t- people, as well as uh, what's her name. Uh, uh, Tiffany Haddish. Uh, but this movie was hella funny. I loved it. If I would have saw it last year, it probably would have made my list. I, I liked what was going on. Um, for a while, Nick, I mean, Nicolas Cage has been working, working constantly, but a lot of his movies have not really been in theater. I mean, I had one on my list, that movie Pig, which I loved, but it wasn't in the theater. Um, and Mom and Dad, awesome film. Uh, Mandy, awesome film. Uh, one of my other, I think it was a year or two ago, um, The Color Out of Space. That made my list. That was hella good. Not in the theater. It might have been in select theaters here and there, but it, it wasn't like a big, just distributed all over the place. But this one was cool. It was Nicolas Cage. He was just kind of down on his luck. 
uh, trying to find that next role. Um, tax people coming after him and uh, his wife, uh, his ex-wife and uh, his daughter just kind of didn't want really nothing to do with him because he's too busy he's all over the world making movies and everything. But that's just, just how it goes if you're an actor. Um, but overall, I thought this movie was hella good. I liked it. Uh, it's streaming on Stars. So if you have stars, definitely check it out. But I loved what was going on. Pedro Pedro Pascal, he's good in everything. Um, but that was really cool. Yeah, it starts off him. Well, there's the, there's a girl that gets kidnapped in the beginning. And the CIA are trying to find out, find who this girl is. And this it's leading to uh, Pedro uh, Pascal's character. His name is Javi Gutierrez. They think he's this big crime lord uh, over in Spain. So uh, he's the one that hires... Nick Cage to come over to, to his house and hang out and everything. Uh, that was a little legitimate job. Come over and hang out with us. We'll give him a million dollars. But uh, before he got there is when the CIA got a hold of him and said, come on, man, we need you going. We need to find this girl. And you need to go in there and be our spy for us. And he's basically like, all right, kind of cornered. All right, I'll do it. So he goes in, ends up finding out Javi's a cool guy. And then all hell breaks loose. And I thought it was an awesome film. <laughs> I, I loved it. Did you even talk about this? I don't remember. I did. Um, I didn't have it on my list last year. I think it was honorable mention. I did actually like it a lot, but for me, I think it was one of those that expectations were so high that when I saw it, I liked a lot of it, but it didn't blow me away. So I was left a little like, yeah, it's cool. I'd watch it again, but it didn't, like I said, it didn't blow me away. Like I, everything that happened, I was kind of expecting and it, I, in the end, I thought it was good, but like, yeah, like, I don't know what I wanted, but I wanted more. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, it gave me everything I wanted. I wasn't, I didn't, didn't I knew nothing about this movie. So yeah, I just finally saw it and, I thought Renee is the one who goes, let's watch this because she was uh, just sitting on the couch and not really doing anything. So watched uh, everything she wanted to watch. And we both liked it. But yeah, the unbearable weight of a massive talent. Definitely check it out. Action comedy, hour and 45 minutes, rated R. I didn't realize it was rated R, but the F-bombs were flying through this movie. So I went, oh, okay. They went over their F-bomb limit. So I take it this is rated R. Uh, It was directed by Tom Gormakin. I think that's how you say his name. Uh, box office. It was budget was thirty million. It only box office uh, twenty nine point one million. Almost made its money back, but hey. But I I remember seeing a lot of people seeing it, saying they liked it. So, but all right. Uh, the next one we both saw. This one just came out on Hulu uh, on Friday. Uh, the two thousand remake of White Men Can't Jump. Two ballers opposites who are seems seemingly miles apart find they might have more in common than they imagined possible. Directed by Calmatic. I have no idea who that is. Um, and it was based off Ron Shelton's story, uh, White Man Can't Jump. This stars Jack Harlow, a Sinqua Walls, uh, the late Lance Reddick, rest in peace, Thor Harrier, Tana Taylor, Vince Staples, and who's also of- a himself who Vince Staples is a hip-hop artist also no idea who that is um there's a lot of people I didn't know I didn't even know who these main actors were 
uh, in, in any of it. Oh, uh, Tiana Taylor. I had seen her in other things. Uh, Lance Riddick, of course, uh, John Wick, and he's been in a bunch of other things. But White Men Can't Jump. Zisu, what did you think of this remake? All right. Being the hoops head that I am, uh, had to see this. Uh, I heard you saw it first, but after I got back home uh, from being on the road, uh, had a couple hours before I had to go to bed. So uh, threw it on and checked it out. And I, for the most part, thought it was okay. Uh, nothing really jumped out at me. And like we were talking about on the text, uh, you had mentioned like it didn't even need to be named that. And that's 100% what I thought. Um, for what they did, it was okay. Like to e- if they would have even said like influences from white men can't jump, but it, it didn't even have to because it didn't, it didn't follow enough of the, the storylines. And then, you know, sadly, uh, obviously Harlow's no Woody. And uh, Saniqua Walls is no Wesley. And, like, even their chemistry kind of really wasn't there. Like, you, like, the way Woody and and Wesley, like, went at each other, like, it actually worked out so well because they went hard and you could tell they were rivals. But then, like, it meant more, like, you know, when it worked. And they did, and, like, even the ball scenes like when they're playing like it doesn't it didn't feel like the connection like you felt the connection in the original and i wasn't feeling a closeness between them from any of the interactions really like it was a little disappointing it was cool to see vince stables there as another hip-hop artist that i'm familiar with but even he's just kind of just there and I don't know in the end, like it was all right. It was cool. It was a tribute to Lance Riddick and and everything like that. But yeah, not gonna, not gonna be making my list this year. (laughs) Yeah. This wasn't even an honorable mention. It was no sadly. Uh, I mean, I wanted to like it too. I'm not, cause I know a lot of people, you see the comments before the thing even comes out and everybody's like, Oh, why? Like another remake. Why? I was willing to give it a shot. If it was good, I would be real about it. It just, I wanted to like it and it didn't land. Um, yeah, I liked the two main guys, but it just did not really have anything to do with the original story other than, uh, these two guys hustling. Because the main, the the original one, that the the main story was them hustling, to especially um, Woody Harrelson's character. Uh, what the hell do they call him? Um, I can't even. Billy Ho, <laughs> yeah, his character in that. I mean, it just didn't. Uh, I mean, uh, Jeremy Jack Harlow, he was just a broken down basketball player, uh. Two two shot knees, and he was just trying to hustle and trying to invent this new stem cell thing or whatever, so he can get his knees back and he can join the NBA. Uh, Kamal, he was uh, a good basketball player when he was a kid. He was supposed to go to college, but he kind of got caught up in some bullshit, and it just basically killed his chances of being uh, going to college and playing ball. So he was just trying to just do his thing. He's got a, he's got a wife. He's got a kid. 
just trying to get through, make hustle a little money on the side and doing what they were doing. What's his name? Jeremy, uh, the, the white guy. He seemed like he was more of a hustler than than Kamal was. And right. I, I liked their story, but they didn't need to call this white men can't jump. Because they I mean, in, in the original, um, they basically. And there's a, that whole thing, that bet. It yeah. comes down to that. That's what it is. Like the bet. And like he he didn't have to do it and he got arrogant and he couldn't get the dunk. Like that doesn't even they don't even do that scene, which was so essential to the title of yeah, the original. He, cause, cause, yeah, because it was cause of that scene where when uh, Wesley was telling him, white men can't jump. And Woody kept trying and trying, and yeah, he did eventually at the end. This one that was a race completely. I was right. I was like, what was it? And they this? added the the end game dunk, but it would didn't have any feel to it. It was like, okay, great. Yeah, what's his name? I mean, spoiler alert. Uh, uh, Jeremy got kicked out of the game before it was even over, so he didn't get to do the 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 slam dunk thing. No, I was he did. Just, it was in there. It was in. Was there. it? Did see it. that? But, but yeah, but, okay, it must have been really quick. I wasn't even paying attention. It was even, it was even semi similar. There was a little bit of a pull up, not as much as Woody's, but it was there. They did it. But I, <laughs> but that was such a big essential part to the first film. Yep. And this one was just like, eh, okay, see, that's how flash it was. I didn't even see it. I mean, right. I sat there and I watched the whole movie, and I was texting you in between, like, eh, it's okay, it's starting out all right. But I don't know. I mean, nothing against anybody that was acting in this. Man, right. they did their jobs. Oh, but I I just didn't cool think they should have made this. They were at the one park with the guy in the first game when the gun gets pulled out. They pull a flamethrower out here. That was uh, the same court from the original. Yeah. That so that was cool. They did go to some other um, known courts around the LA area. That one uh, overlooking the ocean, that one's known. Uh, that one that uh, looked like it was like kind of under the bridge type thing. That was cool. So, yeah, they hit up some cool locations. Um, and then uh, in the middle, one of the pickup games, there was a guy that uh, I loved. He's just a random bit character actor. Like you even will see him in commercials. Uh, I don't even know his name. Uh, I can maybe dig it up, but um, talking about Andrew Schultz, he's a comedian. Maybe the white guy. He was, uh, he was in he wa- uh, like the third episode ever of Atlanta. Was he a white uh, guy? Is that what you're talking about? No. All right. Well, that was Andrew Schultz is a comedian. He, he popped up in this. Um, I like his his comedy, so uh, it was it was good to see him pop up in this. But uh, there was I don't know. I just. It just it should have been called something else. There was no need to call this white man can't jump. It just Freddy wasn't Guru. He's known for Atlanta, White Man Can't Jump, and Luke Cage. Freddie uh, yeah, he was Zan. He was Zan in Atlanta, one episode of Atlanta, but it's probably my favorite episode of Atlanta ever. Season one, episode four. He played Zan. He was a random patron in Luke Cage, and he was sunglasses in White and Can't Jump. But this movie, I mean, if you got nothing to watch and you just want to check it out, I mean, it. Yeah. 
It could have been called something else. There was no need to call it this. I mean, there was no need to remake it, but oh well. Um, so be it. That's why we're here. Well, we'll bring you. But this is our opinion. We we just didn't really, we didn't, we didn't it didn't blow us, uh, didn't knock our socks off. So I mean, if I was kind of like, if you want to watch a recent really good hoops film, you got to watch uh, Netflix Hustle. Adam Sandler. Uh, hell, the good made my into your top ten uh, year. Of is that when it was just so. searching for basketball players? Yeah, that one's hella good. The only thing with that is now that one, uh, even though it's been uh, like less than a year since it came out, or maybe it's been maybe it's about a year ago it came out. Um, it came out last June eighth. Um, already, um, the coach of the Sixers, uh, Doc Rivers. Uh, he's in it. Well, he's not the coach anymore. He was just recently fired when the Sixers were eliminated. So that's already uh, not true to life. <laughs> All right. But yeah, Hustle is crazy good. It's I saw so it. I don't, I don't even remember it. <laughs> yeah, especially if you like basketball as much as I do. Um, yeah, it's a must-see, especially for all the cameos, especially Anthony Edwards. Uh, the main guy, Wancho Hernan Gomez, um, he's good acting in it, but yeah, he's not really a big player in the league. He's in the league, but um, cool to see everybody else pop up. Uh, Maritz Wagner, Boban, Dr. J, Matisse Thibault, Tobias Harris, Kyle Lowry, Tyrese Maxey, Seth Curry, Doc Rivers, Dirk Nowitzki, Jay Wright, Jordan Clarkson, Trey Young, Aaron Gordon, Mark Jackson, Allen Iverson, Luca. Fat Joe, Barbosa, yeah, hell of people in it if you're uh, into the hoops world. Have you ever seen a fit, this fish to save Pittsburgh? Yeah, it's funny how often that is brought up when it comes to sports movies in general being so innovative. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie's hella good. Uh, old school for you, uh, for you OGs. <laughs> I think it was uh, this late seventies or whatever. But anyway, all right, moving on. This is one that came out uh, in April, end of April, April twenty eighth here in America. Um, this is Polite Society, uh, comedy adventure, PG thirteen. It was an hour and forty three minutes. It flew by pretty quick. Uh, I did not know anybody that was in this movie. Uh, I actually saw this trailer when I... Well, I don't remember the last movie I saw. I think it was... I don't remember what I saw. Uh, there was something in Reno when I saw it. But anyway, Polite Society. A martial, art, uh, martial arts artist in training believes she must save her older sister from her impending marriage after enlisting the help of her friends she tries to pull off the most ambitious all wedding heists in the name of independence and sisterhood directed by nita manzur i think that's how you say it and yeah okay uh this stars Ooh, i'm gonna kill everybody's name in this, um, the main girl, Lena, her, she was played by ooh, Ritu Ar Arya. 
a Priya Cancera, Nimara Bucha, Ella Borcherelli, I think that's how you say it, uh, stunt woman Eunice Uthart. Um, she wasn't in it. Maybe she did some stunt, stunt coordination, but uh, she was kind of a, one of the bases of the film. Uh, Safria Bay, Clara, I don't know. And a bunch of other people. Again, I didn't know anybody in, in this movie. So, but um, I thought this movie was funny. I liked it. The, the comedy was there. Uh, a lot of um, cable fighting. Um, when they, uh, the Matrix is probably what made it uh, big here in America, other than all, all the shop films and everything. But um, they didn't, they weren't afraid to to do the off the wall crazy wire fights fight scenes, and it it was funny. I thought I thought it was a cool little movie. It was just some little warm hearted. Uh, this little girl, she's just growing up. I assume they were in Europe somewhere. I think I'm not really sure. Uh, she loves. Her dream is to be a stunt woman, and she's she's a martial artist, and her sister is kind of just uh, hanging out, and then she kind of falls in love with some dude, some random guy, and it turns out that there's uh, something going on with uh, her sister's fiance, and her sister is, is trying to uncover and uh, on what's going on, and then all the the action and everything. Um, of course, they had to throw in a big. Um, I'm not. I don't know if this was a Bollywood film, but of course, they had to throw in some like dance and dance, sing and dance, sing, sing and dance, song and dance uh, part of the film, uh, which was cool. I liked it. Um, I thought the cinematography was good. Um, the action uh, sequences, I thought that was really cool. Um, the soundtrack uh, and the score was was amazing. I really liked all of that. Um, and it, it was, it kind of started off a little slow, but once it, the, the, the main story kind of got going, if you watch the trailer, you can kind of see where it goes. Uh, and they, I'm watching the trailer right now. They're showing way too much, <laughs> but, um, it was cool. It didn't, uh, ruin it for me after, after watching the trailer, I was like, oh, this looks cool. I'm not really sure if they, this got all over the place, but, um, I know it was in one theater in Reno, but it like came and went, but, um, I saw it. And um, but I like this movie. I thought it was really cool. I liked what was going on. Uh, once it comes out, I'm gonna buy it because I, I want to watch it again. Um, I liked it. I thought it was really cool. The the fights, the fight scenes, it they're cool. Um, but they're not. It's not like it was a lot of slow motion fighting. It wasn't like like a John Wick going there and kick ass and everything. It was like um, it was like slowed down. Because you could see it was the actors that was doing maybe the up uh, up close stuff. I mean, there was some scenes and some action scenes where it probably wasn't them. But overall, I thought it was really good. Um, watch the trailer and you, you'll you see what I'm talking about when it gets to the fight scenes where it's all slow motion and everything. Why are they showing the end, the very end of the film in this trailer? Well, don't watch the trailer. All right. I mean, no. If you if you want to see the the type of fighting that goes on in this, it did the the very end of the film is in this trailer, but it doesn't it doesn't ruin anything for it. But they but watching it, they're showing way too much. But wow. I liked what was going on. I loved what was going on in the film. Like I said, um, I'll buy it when it comes out. Right now, it's 
I'll put it on my list, but it, it might end up being a uh, honorable mentions by the time we get to the end of the year. But Polite Society, if it's still playing in your area or you can rent it on Prime or wherever you rent uh, movies now, definitely uh, check it out if you like these type of films. It was really cool. I liked it. Polite Society, check it out. Um, I got one more before we dive into the last one. <sighs> Excuse me, everyone. Allergy season. All right. This film came out uh, also in April, April 28th. This is Big George Foreman. From Olympic gold medalist to world heavyweight champion boxer, George Foreman leads his remarkable life. He finds his faith. Ret- uh, he finds his faith, retires and becomes a preacher. When financial hardship with hits his family and church, George steps back into the ring to regain his championship at age five, uh, at age 45, becoming the oldest heavyweight champion in boxing. If you know nothing about George Foreman, I just told you the whole movie. <laughs> Um, this is directed by George uh, Tillman Jr. And it stars, well, George Foreman's in it, but uh, it's just like when they show uh, videos and pictures uh, in it. But uh, the guy that played uh, George Foreman, Chris Davis, uh, and then there's Jasmine Matthews. I believe that was his wife. Uh, Sullivan Jones, who played uh, Cassius Clay, a.k.a. Muhammad Ali. He was really good. Um, uh, Saw Guerrera, Ghost Dog, Forrest Whitaker. He's in this. A Saren. Ooh, can't even pronounce it. Mom Premier. I think that's their name. Sonia Son, uh, DJ Walton, uh, Dylan Smith, Lawrence Gilliard Jr., and a bunch of other people in this. All right. Big George Foreman. If you know who George Foreman is and you know his boxing career, this is pretty much his his life story. Uh, maybe they had to, to add some stuff. Maybe they didn't. I mean, they when they make these type of film, the film was two hours and 13 minutes. I was so into it. The movie flew by. Um, shout out to my dad. He's the one that introduced me to George Foreman in boxing. Uh, I did watch the fight with uh, George Foreman and Muhammad Ali, not live, but <laughs> I did see it. It was on one of these re- repeat things, and I remember sitting there watching it with my dad. Uh, he's the one who got me into watching boxing with Muhammad Ali, um, probably one of my favorite uh, boxers of all time. Um, and George Foreman, of course. I mean, some of you probably know him from his, his grill, uh, the George Foreman uh, hamburger grill or whatever the hell that thing was called. I had one. I don't yeah. know where it is. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, it was his life story. I mean, there was some of his, his life. I, I knew about his boxing career. I didn't know uh, his life in the beginning when he was growing up in Texas uh, before coming to California in some kind of job corps type of thing, uh, then becoming uh, a boxer, then becoming a preacher and his retirement, then going back to boxing. I remember when he went back to boxing. I remember that was a big story. Uh, in sports and everything. So it was a lot of ups and downs in in his life and uh, him finding Jesus and becoming a preacher. Um, him, him basically dying for a couple minutes, I think. That's how they said it in the film. It was after a fight and he just kind of had a heart attack and he, he, he saw the light and he came back and turned his life around. Um, which was probably good for him. Maybe he was leading down that life of a uh, 
who knows what could have happened to him if that incident in his life didn't happen. But I thought this film was awesome. This is definitely on my best of list. I love these type of films, especially for someone that that uh, that I know, uh, not personally, but that I know who George Foreman is. I mean, my I don't know who any of these new cats that are that are boxing. I know just the Foremans, the Ali's, the the Joe Frazier's, the Tyson's, uh, the Gary Cooney's, and all those guys in the Sugar Rays. I know all them, all the stuff that I grew up with. I mean, all these new guys. Yeah, there's a lot of good fighters. I see videos and everything, but I do, I couldn't tell you who any of them are. But I thought this was a really good movie. Again, kept my attention. Uh, Chris Davis, I think that's how you say his name. The guy that played George Foreman. Uh, it was awesome. I want to I want to see some making of because if you guys know who George Foreman is, he was young and cut when he was a kid. Growing up boxing, and then in his later years, when he came out of retirement, he was all fat and everything. But uh, I don't know if did they put a fat suit on him and CGI'd it up. I don't know, but I thought he did it. He played a good, uh, a good George Foreman. I thought he did an amazing job. And Sullivan Jones, the guy that played Muhammad Ali, I thought he did him uh, perfect with the attitude, the looks, even when they were in there fighting. There was a. Um, one scene at the end when George Foreman, when he came out of retirement, he was I can't remember who was fighting. They it was George Foreman's body, and they just put uh, Chris Davis's face on George Foreman. That kind of looked a little wonky, but man, what what can you what can you do? <laughs> but uh, again, big George Foreman. Um, you can rent it um, on all wherever you rent movies now. Uh, it was a really really good film. If if you are George Foreman fans, or your your father is, or whoever, and uh, and they haven't seen him, sit down and watch this film. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was an awesome film. I will definitely watch this again, and I'll probably pick it out. I'll pick it up when it comes out. Excuse me on Blu-ray. But yeah, that's a uh, big George Foreman. I don't think it's in the theater anymore, but it's out there. And uh, yeah, but all righty, everyone. This was a film that. This next one, the both I just saw it when it came out on uh, Prime, uh, but the Zisu, I you saw it in the theater and it, he never brought it up. This also, damn, there's yeah. a lot of movies in April. Uh, this came out April fifth, and this is Air. Uh, who does this star? Academy Award winners Ben Affleck also directed it. Academy Award winner Matt Damon, Phil Knight, uh, Smokey himself, Chris Tucker. Uh, Viola Davis, she's I think she was a nominee, Academy Award nominee. I can't remember. Um, Jason Bateman, Jessica Green, Julius Tenen, uh There was a shit ton of people in there. Marlon Wayans. Uh, who else? Uh, Jay Moore. It was cool to see him. I ain't seen him in a while. And a bunch of other people in this. Um, I didn't even read the synopsis on this. Uh, Sunny... Carol and Nike uh, persuade basketball rookie Michael Jordan, creating a partnership that revolutionized the world of sports and contemporary culture. Again, just directed by Academy Award winner Ben Affleck. Uh, it was mainly about Matt Damon's character and everything and him trying to um, get a very young Michael Jordan to sign on. Uh, I don't even know who played Michael Jordan. They never showed his face. Did you realize that? <laughs> right. Yep. On purpose. <laughs> uh, of course, they had to use uh, the footage that they have of, of the real Michael Jordan and everything. 
Uh, Viola Davis, she's good in everything. All right, the guy that played um, Michael Jordan was Damon Delano Young. I have no idea who that gentleman is. But, Air, what did you think of this film? Yeah, uh, like I said, when we were talking about White Men Can't Jump, and uh, as I mentioned, when I hustle, uh, being the hoop said that I am, I had to see this. Uh, did see it in theaters. Uh, probably only four other people in there uh, for it, but uh, glad I saw it in the theater. Uh, but also being the hoop head that I am, uh, I did know the story of uh, Sonny Vaccaro. They've had uh, documentaries on him. There's uh, a 30 for 30. Uh, I'm pretty sure all of those are on uh, ESPN plus uh, soul man. If you want to check out that. Uh, so I did know his story. And interestingly, um, it's funny because obviously this is a uh, Jordan film. They're not going to mention, uh, uh, really other athletes, but, uh, Sonny is, uh, historic, not only for getting Jordan, he also got, uh, LeBron for Nike when, uh, LeBron came out and LeBron was known. He was on when he was in high school, he was on the cover of sports illustrated, the chosen one. So, uh, Sonny really is a legend when it comes to, the world of basketball for many reasons uh and and not just shoes he also like they 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 kind of briefly mentioned it in the film but uh the camps the basketball camps that he did and does um those turned in for ways for him to recruit people to nike and he actually eventually did um leave nike but uh, yeah he was He's just kind of known and, and kind of a legend in the culture. So it was cool for them to uh, finally do this story. And it was cool to see, uh, like I said, considering I really knew a lot about it, it was cool to see the way it was done and actually how well uh, this film was received because it seemed like people that uh, weren't aware of the story or or anything like that were really into it. So um I enjoyed it that way. And yeah, I thought uh, it was cool to see. Obviously, Phil Knight, the uh, head of Nike forever. Uh, that's who uh, Ben Affleck played. Uh, so, yeah. But uh, what did you think about it? Uh, this movie was awesome. <laughs> I loved it. Um, before I dive into it, did you did you have uh, some of the Jordan ones? I didn't. No, no. Never did. And it's funny, uh, by the time I did, um, the, uh, the, the famous Concord ones, see, I'm not even a big, uh, as, as big as I'm into this, I don't know the Jordan numbers well enough, but the, uh, the ones that were really, uh, space futuristic looking from, uh, like 95, the Concord ones those were the first ones that uh i was really able to get and i think that really had to do also with my age that was uh you know getting into high school years i was working so i was able to afford to buy you know the shoes on my own at that point so yeah before that uh my folks would have had to uh got uh the jordans for me and that didn't happen so yeah. 
I had the blue and black ones and the red and black ones. Um, uh, okay, boys and girls, this is a little history lesson for those of you that are paying out the ass now for these shoes. They were expensive, not that much as as now. I don't even think they were a hundred back then that that I can remember. The only reason I know that is when I bought my Jordan ones, my black and blue ones and red and black ones. For those of you that remember, remember Copeland Sports, it was two pairs for twenty dollars. <laughs> that's how I had my Jordan ones. It might they might have just been trying to get rid of their stock and. Right before the Jordan 2s came out, but that's when I got them because that's when I was able to afford them. I was like, I was during the summer, and I remember um, we were going to summer school, and they were paying us to go to summer school. I I just went, I was going to summer school regardless, and hey, man, they're going to pay you to go? Shit, I'll take that money. And I bought a lot of skateboards, and I bought a lot of shoes, especially during this time. I bought these shoes, I skated them, and shredded these shoes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and I, I was just that street skater and just ripped them apart. They did not last. These were designed for basketball. It was not designed for skateboarding. Not, n- I don't care what anyone says. Uh, they try to design all these skateboarding shoes, but they get shredded up no matter what. But, I mean, the way shoes are expensive now, I'm still an old school Vans guy, so I, I just rock those. Um, but these, these are the only ones that I've ever had. I never had, um, the, the first ones, uh, that came out, the, the white and red and blue or whatever the hell those colors were. I never had those, like the ones they had in this movie. Um, the, I, I didn't, I, I never had any of those. Yeah. So, red, but, white, uh, red, the, white, it was black. cool. Uh, I didn't know that I learned a lot from this movie. I didn't know the, um, the rules that uh, that they were saying the the NBA's rules on colors of shoes, and if you didn't follow the rules, you got fined five hundred dollars or something like that. A game. Uh, that's what they said in the movie. I don't know if that, how true that was. Uh, I didn't know. I thought you could just put on shoes and and wear whatever. Because even in those days, especially in the in the seventies, everyone was rocking uh, Chuck Taylors, the the Conver All Stars. Um, I've never had those even growing up. I mean, I just, to me, there was no ankle support in those things. And it felt like just walking on a thin piece of rubber. That's why I just never, I mean, again, going because of skateboarding, I needed those shoes that had, um, the support and that those, those shoes had no support. Uh, I re- I rock, uh, the high top vans now, but a lot of my other vans are all, um, uh, low, low top. I had another pair. I I guess they were Jordans. Um, they were kind of a these these were these the Jordan ones were leather. These ones are kind of like a uh, a canvas. It didn't say Air Jordan on it. It just said Air. I can't find those anywhere. Um, let me see. Let me see. They were black and red, and it, it was like a canvas color, or uh, it was canvas. It wasn't um, leather. Um, I think those were the very first ones th- that I had. It had uh, Jordan on it, like on, on the back with the the silhouette, 
but I don't. And I'm no, I'm sorry, it didn't have the silhouette. It had the little um, the wings or whatever that's on the side uh, of the Jordans. It had those on, on it, but it, instead of saying Air Jordan, it just said Air over the the design, the the basketball with the the wings and everything on it. And uh, the other thing I learned in this movie, uh, the guy that designed it, Pete Moore, uh, he actually passed uh, last year. Um, I don't know if it was true that he did. He designed he designed the shoe. I know, of course, that there was true that he designed the shoe. He designed the logo that went on it. And uh, that was was it? Just do it. Is that what he said, or was that someone else? I can't remember. But that, that was, was it. Yeah, that was early in the film. Yeah, I was like that. That I was think that cool. was Bateman's character. Uh, I liked what uh, they did. I mean, uh, bringing in also having uh, the mention of Peter Moore of him and him designing the shoe. I want to know where that very first pair is, the one that they made, and said, "All right, this is this is the prototype. This is what we're gonna do." I mean, if you guys, I mean, for those of you who have no idea, everyone should know, this is this was a good history lesson for this film. I don't know how much truthful it is, but I did learn a lot in this film. But if you go to and look at the first Air Jordans, they weren't they weren't much. I mean, they was just like a regular little leather basketball shoe. But as the I don't know how many there is now. The ones I had again, I had the very first. The they weren't the very first colors, but the the ones I had. They were Jordan ones, but then uh, those I never got any more after that. But when Jordan fours came out, those are the ones that I wanted the most. I thought those, to me, in my opinion, those were the freshest looking ones out there. But, um, but over, I mean, over the, other than that, I mean, I figured you would have had some. Yeah, the- you would think, you would think, but also I have the weird relationship where. Uh, if you talk about the greatest player of all time, which is such a talked about thing these days in uh, sports circles, especially basketball circles, for me, it is Jordan. But it is because I witnessed it and I just think his influence is just unmatched. And it's just like there's there's nothing LeBron can do. And especially the fact uh, LeBron, you know, lost so many finals and and. Jordan was six and zero, oh, like goes so far with me. Like I said, and it was just like the just the the innovation and just how much culturally he did with 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 Nike and Gatorade and you know even you know movies with the uh, Space Jam. Like Jordan was just so innovative to me. That's uh, what adds his greatness. And it's funny I saw this thing, and like there's always. Obviously, in the basketball circles I follow, they're always talking about these things. And like, oh, if you want the best shot maker of all time, that's uh, Steph. And if you want uh, the most intense player ever, that's Kobe. And if you want the stats, that's LeBron. And on and on and on. All these players, you want this, you want that. If you want uh, all of that, that's Jordan. (laughs) Hmm. But anyways, uh, like I said, for me, uh, if, if you know what I'm talking about, the Concord ones, uh, find out what actual number those are. Those were the ones for me. 
11. Yeah. So uh, Jordan 11s were the ones for me. And it looks like now you can get them for 220 on the Nike website, but they're sold out. That's the first link that it sent me. <laughs> I don't even know what those are. I had to punch it. I had to look to see what these ones you're talking about. Yeah, the 11s, the Concords. Those were the first ones I actually got. <sighs> My opinion, everyone, is ugly. <laughs> well, do you see that thing that goes all the way around it? Like, that was yeah. the first time that was, like, really shiny. Like, it yeah. really popped off of it. Like, I remember that being a thing for uh, especially my age group, my grade. Like, every, oh... <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> These are ugly. <laughs> but uh, I would, I would, I, I'm gonna send you a picture. I would rock these ones. These ones look cool. Uh, they, these are the 11s as well. The black and I think those are blue at the bottom. It's mainly all black. But yeah, I don't, I don't like that shiny patent leather or whatever the hell it is around it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was the key feature. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, whoever made those, oh, cool. All blacks, pretty much. I'll, I'll, I would rock those ones, but the other one, which ones did you have? Uh, I'll show you. The uh, more, it, it's, it's funny because it's like the basically the first ones that came up. And then you can see the picture I'm sending you. It was, they were uh, 220. Zizu, well, Zizu here is the, is the shoe guy. I, yeah. I don't and know. even then, as much as I am the shoe guy, I'm all I am also the deal guy. Like uh <laughs> funny because he's the guy that took us out of the playoffs this year, my beloved Warriors. Uh my current uh pair is actually uh some LeBron witnesses. But the thing is I got them for like sixty bucks. So for me I'm also the deal guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the ones I want, the Jordan 4s, these are 136. These are, yeah. I mean, they're all well, retro. See, that's not bad. Because you see, if I want to go back to my retros, they're going to cost me 220 And it looks like I have to catch them when they drop because these are sold out, the ones I just sent you. That's, but those are the ones. Those are the, the ones I had. Those are the originals. All right, for those of you that are super duper diehard fans and have money falling out your butt, I wear a size 12. Air Jordan Force. <laughs> the black ones. <laughs> Those yep. are the ones I want. <laughs> I wear um, 14. <laughs> I've seen, I never really paid attention. Well, I do pay attention to your shoes because they, they're always real flashy. They're not just popping. Yeah, they're not one color. Like me, black. Everyone, <laughs> Those are my shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah. good. I'll so oh, show you what my. Uh, my current ones, they actually are, like I say, they're LeBron Witnesses, uh, which actually I think is his uh, cheaper model. I think because he's got his standard ones that go LeBron goes by numbers, but then he's also got these uh, is, uh, Witness 7 <laughs> right here. That's uh, coming through to you. That's my my current 
chewing rotation. Like I said, it felt kind of funny, though, going on this trip and Warriors were eliminated from the playoffs and I'm still wearing my Warriors gear, but on my feet uh, are these LeBron witnesses. <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I couldn't have picked a, a worse shoe to match right now. <laughs> uh, looks like it's it's struggling to come through. Oh, dogs in there barking. But this movie, man. I mean, again, oh. I learned. I learned a lot. I mean, I I thought it was really cool. Um, are these? What are these? These are my currents. <laughs> See, I, I don't. My shoes aren't as expensive as yours. Because I told you got. Because you. you got big feet. <laughs> That's why yours. You can't just walk in the store sometimes and hey, give me size fourteen. I can't. They don't <laughs> carry fourteen. Most stores only carry up to twelves. So that's good for me. I mean, actually, I mean, I wear comfortably. Right. I mean, eleven and a half is my size, but I mean, I wear twelves just for that little, little centimeter of extra room. Um, I have flat feet, and my feet are wide. I mean. I'm a big guy, but I don't have big, giant, fat feet or anything. I got little skinny ankles too, but um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I just get them, uh, especially Vans. I mean, they some I I have to try these shoes on first. I can't just pull the trigger and buy anything. I mean, if oh those look cool, I'm gonna buy them. I have to try them on. They got to be able right. to fit my feet right because sometimes these these shoes just don't don't fit. So, but I. I don't I don't rock crazy expensive shoes. Um if I was to buy this pair of Jordans, man, one thirty six is probably like I'm wearing these in the house. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna wear them and skate in them or anything, but um or wear them to work. The um the uh Jordan one spider verses that just dropped this past weekend. Oh, man, that made me look up that. They went, um, they were one of those you had to enter a drawing for, like the got them or uh, didn't get them this time they send you, the whole sneakers app thing. Um, so, yeah, it was a limited drop. It was hard to get. Tons of people wanted them. Tons of people missed out, uh, as always, with these drops. But, uh it was an interesting take on them. It's they're just slightly different. They've got like the spots of the Spider Verse on them. There's also a character in this upcoming Spider Verse movie called the Spot. So, but I think the, the the spots are actually less about to do with the Spot character and more about the actual Spider Verse. If you know you're going to sell tons of these, why don't you just make more? You would think, but yeah, they're. Limited edition. I've never seen these ones. These ones look pretty sick. See, if I would, if I had some of these, I'm not wearing. I'm not wearing these outside. These are in the house shoes. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I just sent you one. These these ones look pretty fresh. I like these. I would rock these ones, not the the other one, because this is mainly just red and black. Right. So I would I would rock those ones. Got but. the dots on it on the upper area 
These are crazy, man. I mean, for those of you that do uh, collect shoes, cool. But I, 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 I ain't the one. Expensive, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to DJ Thrills. He's um, I'm gonna get. He's been on the wrestling returns. Uh, I'm gonna get him on the show at some point, and uh, uh, he's got tons of shoes. Um, he's a guy I work with. <laughs> yeah, search uh, D I am. Uh, I think it's I am DJ Thrills. Um, I think that's his. Uh, yeah, his Instagram. He's got stuff on there, and yeah, he's got his shoe collection. I don't know if you follow him. I am DJ Thrills. I am DJ T H R I L L Z. Follow him, everybody. This is a guy I work with, and he goes nuts and buys shoes uh, all over the. He looks like he's got tons of Jordans <laughs> in his collection. Nice. He tried. He tried to get those uh, Ben and Jerry ones. Those. Uh, oh, I want those so bad. Those ones that were selling at the skate shops, but uh, nah. I tried. I tried. I had Jade try for those. So I wanted those so bad. I thought it was going to happen, but it did not. And the crazy thing is, they the resale on those is is nuts. Like even if I would have got them, because you they were pretty normal. I think it was like a hundred bucks, hundred twenty or something like that. It was very reasonable, but I think they go for thousands now. They're called Chunky Dunkies. Yeah, I, I ain't the one, everyone. <laughs> so, but, uh, but Air, it's uh, streaming on... Uh, it's in the theater still in some places. I, I see that there's, it's still showing in Reno, but it is on Amazon Prime now. So if you guys want to check it out and basically they're, how they be, came up with Jordan, why they were going after him. Yeah, uh, and everything because he was he was a rookie. He was a no one. hadn't hadn't even stepped on the NBA court yet, but yeah. they wanted to give him a shoe. And there's a lot of they didn't think it was going to work. They didn't want to put in all this money in this campaign, but it paid out. And this was 1985, I think when they started this, and it's 2023, and his shoes are still selling. So. Yep. <laughs> I the, the part that I really loved was towards the end when uh, Matt Damon was when he was talking to him, telling him, I think he was talking to him and his mom or and his parents when he was telling him, "Look, you're gonna go through this, 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 and that throughout your career." Gonna, uh, yeah, and they showed all this stuff on what Jordan went through with his, his marriage, his his up and down career, and everything, his baseball career. But he basically told him, "Look, you're gonna be like the greatest." basketball player to ever play it play the sport and your shoe is going to sell through the roof and everything and it did again 2023 and they're still selling his shoes it's probably like the number one shoe ever in my opinion i mean again i only i only had the jordan ones and never had any more since then but yeah man i mean they sucked i mean they were good for ankle support skateboarding but as far as it Wear and tear, they did not last. They sh- they shredded up. I wore my blue and black ones first that summer, don't, gone. Maybe in with a month or two, which was the summer, and gone. Then I had my red and black ones, skated those another month or two, gone. Never got any more after that. Yeah. And some of you get some people are like, why well, you shredded those shoes? Originals. 
originals. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't fucking. Who know. knew? Yeah, that's and that's why things become valuable because it's what people didn't know. The same thing with my uh, OG Star Wars figures. Like, and it's funny. Like everybody thought, oh, I wish my originals, originals so valuable. I'm gonna get these ones, and then like the Phantom Menace ones. I'm gonna hold those in the package. And be well, everybody did the same thing. It was like, yeah, <laughs> nobody obviously had no reason to keep the OG Jordans nice. There was, why would you <laughs> back then? Oh, I know. I'm looking on the other the other thing that I I really liked uh, was when he told the. Uh, Jordan's mom uh, you're going to go to Adidas and they're going to say this and you're going to go to Converse and they're going to say this and of course like that's that was their pitch that's what they said that was cool <laughs> yeah, that was what happened <laughs> yep. you know that it's funny too it reminded me of what happened you know here's a misstep Nike made um, not too long ago um they, for the start of his career, had Steph Curry uh, as a Nike athlete. And when it came time to re-sign him at the pitch meeting, uh, like they do, like you see in this Jordan one, uh, for Steph Curry, they kind of fumbled the meeting. And a lot of the, the stuff they presented to him, like it had Kevin Durant's name on it. You could tell it was like a recycled uh presentation so they nike i guess really fumbled uh the the uh, curry and then under armor pitched him like crazy and that's how under armor has steph and now has steph on a, a lifetime deal <laughs> you mentioned the star wars figures uh, i have my uh original darth vader here uh, vinyl cape and his little telescope lightsaber whatever they call it um yep. I'm looking at one right here on eBay, and it's he's selling it for sixty nine ninety nine. Mine is way better condition than this one. Oh, awesome! So, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I'm not selling this. I mean, but I'm just not that just you are, but uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's hang it's hanging right here on the, it's hanging right here on the wall yeah. right here in the studio. But <laughs> um, but yeah, air everyone. I thought it was an awesome film. Uh. I don't think it's out on Blu-ray yet, but I want to buy it because I want to see if there's um, special features and everything on it because I liked what was going on. I I did learn a lot. I didn't know uh, much of the story to this, to to these shoes and to how they got uh, the deal with um, with Jordan and everything. So it was really it was really it was a really good movie. I mean, Ben Affleck and uh, um, uh, Matt Damon, awesome actors. Hey, they, they knocked it out of the park. Ooh, excuse me. Um, this is definitely in my list right now, everyone. And uh, I don't know if anything is going to knock it out. But um, as far as movies, that is it. Um, we're at the two-hour mark. Um, blind spotting. Se- really, really quick. Blind spotting season two. What was that? If you have a chance, watch the 30 for 30. And it's a real documentary on Sonny Vaccaro, the real Sonny Vaccaro, and he's fully in it. Like he's involved. Like he sits down for the majority of it and tells all of this, plus everything else that I was talking about, getting LeBron and everything else. So yeah, What's that's that a soul man. 
Uh, probably ESPN Plus. I'm going to see if I can find for sure right now. It, interestingly, it didn't come up on IMDb, so I got to put to do a web search for it. Thirty All for right. thirty. All right, everyone. That was movies. Um, we're going to try to zip through the rest, so we don't give you three hours. Uh, TV only got one show. Uh, Blind Spotting, the series that's on Cinemax or Stars. I can't remember what's on Stars. Um, season two finally came out. The first season when it was uh, 2021. I guess it took a year off. <laughs> it came back. Uh, I didn't even know it was back. I th- believe the whole season is uh, already up. I think. Uh, I'm not really sure, but there's um, yeah, there's, I think there's seven episodes up right now. Um, I'm not sure how many episodes it's going to go, but it's uh, still going. I only watched the first episode uh, of season two, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, it's just a continuation story of what was going on in... Hmm, what is this on? Or do I have to search for it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I'll find it. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, blind spotting. When her husband, Miles, is uh, incarcerated, Ashley moves uh, in with Miles' mother and half-sister as she makes some difficult decisions in the aftermath. Yeah, Miles is, uh, if you guys remember him from the movie, uh, David Cassell, I think that was his name? Uh, Raphael Cassell. I'm sorry, I'm speaking of David Diggs. Um, he's still locked up, and it's uh, mainly about his, his wife and his son, and they're still uh, doing uh, things in the Bay Area. I know some of it was shot in Oakland, some of it was shot uh, elsewhere. I want to watch this next episode it's called Life is Too Short. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like the show. I'm, I'm going to continue to to finish out the season. But uh, if you guys saw the first season, it's just pretty much uh, more of that. Just the, the more misadventures of everything that's going on down in East Oakland. Or West Oakland is where it looks like this is supposed to be taking place. Um, but yeah, Blind Spotting. If you got uh, stars, definitely check it out. TV, that is all I got. Oh, nice. Uh, for me, two just quick hitters to uh, show that I think I brought up when it first came out. Then I think you brought up, and now I'm bringing it back over again for season two. You you talked about The Cube, right? With Dwayne Wade? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Never even heard of it. <laughs> uh, I, I saw the movie, The Cube. By, game show hosted by former NBA great uh, Dwayne Wade. It's on TNT. Uh, they did one season, I guess, last year, and then uh, now the second season's back. And because of the NBA playoffs, which I'm fully watching pretty much every game, game by game, um, I saw uh, the first episode here of the second season. And interestingly, um, D. Wade's wife, uh, Gabrielle Union Wade, and... Uh, I don't know if they're still together, but she still uses the last name. Uh, Lala Anthony, um, they play the game on the first one. Uh, pretty basic premise for uh, you know game shows, except for it's it's all based. You, you enter like this cube area, so the games are, are confined inside a cube. You enter it, and they're hard games, and it's you play... Uh, they give you nine lives to play seven games to win 250,000. And um, spoiler alert for the first season, because I didn't even watch all the first season, but uh, D. Wade said here in the, the second, first episode of the second season that uh, 
nobody ever won ever ever got to uh, ever won the 250,000 somebody got to the 100,000 uh, level and walked away so uh he was telling that to Gabriel Union and uh, Lala Anthony and it's that type of game show I know there's a lot of them out there that do this where they leave you hanging with um at the end of the first episode with the, the, the two and they'll go a little bit into the next episode. Then they'll bring out another two people to play and then they'll end that episode and leave you hanging. So it makes you want to come back and see like who's doing it. And I found out the whole first season is on uh, HBO max soon at a couple days that's switching to, they can just call it max going forward, I guess. So, uh, but yeah, pretty interesting show. You like competition game shows? <laughs> and that's on Max. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Cube with Dwayne Wade. And you know, they do a whole little stick. D Wade like talks to the cube and the cube it acts like uh it's a it's a robot voice. Like it's like Dwayne, I have no friends and like I don't take it easy on anybody and you know, all this stuff. It's always like D Wade tries to be positive and the cube will be like negative to like discourage the player. Like Sam, you will never win this game. You know, try to intimidate him. Yeah, anyways, it's interesting. Uh, the other one I had for last time, maybe the last time ever, uh, Big Brother Canada. Since we last spoke, uh, the finale did air. Uh, last time we did record one of these, I I told you that we were going into the final three episodes that uh, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, and I told you that last time it was the messiest season ever and it continued that way and it had the ending uh i'd say fitting of one of the messiest seasons of big brother period u.s um i haven't seen obviously all the uk or you know everywhere else around the world but this had to be one of the messiest seasons ever um it was crazy how it went and even to the very last step a misstep was made in that um uh, CC brought uh, her showmance who had won tons. He was the target all year long and uh, he won tons of competitions to save himself. Well, she actually beat him in the final competition of the year. She could have uh, evicted him, leaving her and Daniel to be the last people in the game. But instead she evicted Daniel and then she got wiped out in the jury and uh, tie won all the votes except for one so she she gave away the final prize and it's like yeah maybe they'll be in a relationship on the inside but like one more final misstep and uh what was interesting too is um usually in the u.s version when it comes to the end julie says like and we've got news like we'll see you again next summer like she did at the end of this one for our 25th season and like you know till then season and everything well this time there were rumors all this season that like the ratings weren't good and like 
people weren't happy and this could be the end for Big Brother Canada. And it was interesting. Um, the host of Big Brother Canada didn't say anything about see you next time or we'll see you next season. She was just like, she did her little catchphrase. Remember, somebody's always watching. And that was it. And it was like, wow, like it really could be the final season. If it is, I guess it went out appropriately messy and maybe it'll go down history for that reason. But uh, yeah, still waiting for this season and last season of Big Brother Canada to be put up on uh, Paramount Plus. So, But uh, you can see most of the seasons of Big Brother Canada on Paramount Plus right now. The only one they don't have on there is the one that was uh, ended because of the pandemic in 2020, they were in the middle of a season when everybody did the lockdown stay in place. So they uh, ended that season. So I would have liked to see that season anyway. Uh, but yeah, they decided not to put that on Paramount for some reason because it was an incomplete season. All right. You ready, for, uh, you ready for this uh, this summer's Big Brother? Well, at least the first episode. <laughs> When's that? Uh, start of July. I guess if you can make me. Um... Just the first episode. I just want your thoughts on the new cast for the 25th season of Big Brother USA. Could be a good one. They better come up with some good stuff. It's the 25th year. Uh, I don't know. I got sucked into that last one, everyone, for those of you that, that we'll remember. We'll see if there's anybody that can do it this time. And if there isn't, then hey. Yeah, shout, out to, shout out to Indy. She's the one that uh, Indy Santos got me sucked in <laughs> into that show. <laughs> and I follow her on all her little social things. But the only one I follow is uh, Taylor, the winner of last year. <laughs> probably, what's crazy too is she's probably my my, my favorite uh, my favorite player of Big Brother. Uh, she's the one I've got behind the most. Like, yes, I've only been watching live the past like three four years, but yeah. Uh, a quick update on Taylor. I don't know if you saw um, or if you even care. Um, she split with Joseph, so they didn't even make it a year. He's weak anyway. So. <laughs> but she's still living uh, the good life. It seems like she's always doing something, always on some kind of vacation. I mean, she won, what, the three quarters of a million. Damn. I'm trying to put uh, one of my... Well, when we get to collecting, I'll bring it up. <laughs> but yeah, it shouldn't be long. Uh, um, we get into the weekend sports. I thought we did. <laughs> did we? I don't know. You mentioned uh, well, NBA just stuff. Real quick, just real quick. Uh, NBA playoffs uh, season winding down. We're in the conference finals. Uh, most of the time, uh, you would say series that are headed towards sweeps are a bad thing. But um, I'm really enjoying what it looks like we're going to get as NBA final. Oddly, it's not the best for ratings. The best for ratings would be another Boston, LA. Those are the teams that have won all the titles. Those are the big cities. 
But uh, both up 3-0 in their series, it looks like we're going to get Denver and Miami. Um, I'm really looking forward to this as far as just a basketball perspective, just because um, Denver has Jokic, the two-time MVP, probably should have won it a third time this year, just plays the most fundamental basketball. You got Jamal Murray um, after he suffered injury and missed uh, seasons in between the bubble season where they went to the West finals. Now he's looking good, um, full strength nuggets. And then you've got the scrappy heat who, if you're a basketball fan, I don't know how you can't be behind the heat right now. Uh, they're so charming. They play so hard. Uh, Jimmy Butler is just so clutch. So amazing. It's just hard not to get behind them right now. And like, I think on paper, Denver would be favored in the finals, but that's the story of Miami this whole playoffs. They lost their first play-in game. They barely won their second play-in game. They were forced to play the number one seed. They beat the number one seed in five games. Then they played the five-seed Knicks, uh, took care of them. Then on to the two-seed Celtics, and they just went up as we're recording this um, Three games to nothing. They won both games in Boston before they came home to Miami. Now they can just finish them off in Miami on, uh, what is it, Sunday? So Tuesday. Uh, the Nuggets can finish the Lakers tomorrow, and the Heat can finish the Celtics on Tuesday. Then it'll be interesting because technically the NBA Finals are not supposed to start till uh, June 1st. But if the Heat finish the Celtics on Tuesday, that would be eight days uh, between games, um, one day over a week. So that's a long time. So uh, hopefully in that case, they would bump up the start time because that is a long time to wait. <laughs> but. Yeah, that's uh, my world in sports. I talked about going to the Aces game, and uh, yeah. All right. Well, on to collecting. Yep. Um, for those of you that watch the uh, videos, uh, throw up on TikTok. I put up a um, ESP Skate Society. I got a new skateboard deck that I need to throw together. That's all the banging around you hear in the background. Trying <laughs> to find some bolts to put on. Uh, some trucks, but I got a, um, for those of you that have watched it already, I got the suicidal, uh, skateboard. I got the possessed escape, the, the Mike V board. Um, it's cool. I want to set it up before cause I want to ride this tomorrow. <laughs> so I got to put grip, I got grip tape. I got trucks. I'm trying to find bolts. Uh, I only found seven. I need one more. So I might have to take some off one of my old, old decks so I can, uh, ride this tomorrow. Um, I've never, this is, uh, for those of you that remember uh, Mike V's um, uh, World Industries board, the barnyard board, um, it's shaped like that. It's got the, the it, it's like the, the two uh, tail, like the nose is kind of like the tail. It's not um, uh, rounded. It's rounded, but not like uh, how the front of a skateboard is. It, it looks like a, a tail. I, I thought the, the tail was going to be the same size. As the nose, but as I'm looking at it right now, it's not. The tail's a little bit longer than the nose, but that doesn't matter to me. It's a good skateboard, so I need to set that up to ride it. And I have not been out 
looking for anything. Um, I had actually ordered this. So if you guys watch the TikTok videos, uh, that's the video that I'm talking about right now. So, but oh, also I threw up those for those of you that haven't seen it. I did throw up those um, videos of uh, me at the Clown Motel. Uh, I had to put it up in uh, five parts. They're only like a minute or two long. So uh, what I filmed there, definitely uh, check those out. And yeah, collecting that is it. All right. For me, uh, just a couple while I was away. I had a couple of Entertainment Earth uh, pre-order arrivals. We got uh, Spider-Man 2099 from the upcoming Spider-Verse film. He's glow-in-the-dark, so that's pretty cool. And then uh, early, uh, but that's okay, um, in time for Halloween later this year, we got uh, Skeleton Stitch uh, uh, from... Lilo and Stitch, Stitch dressed up uh, in a skeleton outfit for Halloween. So uh, interesting how they uh, release some of these. I know uh, the they have another wave of Halloween pops that were supposed to be out uh, last Halloween uh, for for Disney. Uh, Mickey, Minnie, Donald, Daisy. Uh, those are hitting stores right now too. So, uh, interesting as far as, uh, release timing for these. But, uh, while I was on the road, I was, uh, looking for a comic shop. It felt like it'd been a while. And, uh, although I did go to that, uh, comic store on Moana and Reno, I didn't pick up anything there. I did want to get something though. So like I said, on the way home, I stopped at uh, a one outside uh, Sacramento and just picked up a few issues just to basically just to pick up uh, comics. I feel like uh, forever since I had, so uh, picked up a few star Wars ones. Um, always hard to keep up. There's so many titles and just, not able to, but uh, Jabba's Palace, number one. I picked that up. It's a second printing, um, but that's okay. The cover has uh, Bib Fortuna, Jabba, Gamorrean, Salicious Crumb. It's got the little 40th anniversary Return of the Jedi on the cover, so that's cool, too. Um, then, even though they didn't have issue one, I picked up the variant edition of uh, Sana Staros, uh, uh, issue two. I thought it was a cool cover because it had uh, Sana and it had also uh, Dr. Afra, which, man, like I fell way, way, way behind, years and years behind now on Afra's comics. And it was crazy to see the lineup they had uh, for Afra. So it's interesting seeing how much of a storyline she's developed over the years. That uh, that's a character that's definitely ripe for a uh, Disney Plus show in the future. Uh, they got the content for her, and I'd love to see that because she's like this uh, explorer kind of scoundrel smuggler character. Uh, when they first introduced her, she uh, was forced into working for uh, Vader. But uh, since then, she's kind of evolved even more. So they've done a few figures for the character. So uh, that's a character I definitely love to see in live action uh, for a show, especially if they want to do uh, like a long running show. She's got so many comics now. So uh, and then the last one, kind of in honor of the uh, we didn't mention this 
in uh, Star Wars news, Star Wars moment. But uh, before even getting to see it, yes, it's uh, insanely high priced, and that's why uh, I didn't get to see it, nor will I ever get to see it because it's closing the uh, Star Wars Galactic Starliner, the uh, Halicron Legacy. They did a, a comic for it though and there's this cover of issue two a variant cover with aura Singh, and so i picked up that so i picked up three comics uh two of them issue twos in which i don't have issue one but i was like well here i am uh you know last stage of my trip before i get back here to eureka i was like i, I didn't want to get comics so it was something i wanted to do on this trip and it was like my last chance so i was like i gotta pick up a couple while i'm out there you know um uh, Figure it's been a while for you too, probably since you picked up any anything comic related, right? Uh, the last thing I got was graphic novel, but nothing, nothing new. Yeah, yeah. I still got the local shop here. I, 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 I do need to duck back up in there. It's, I feel like it's been years since I've been there. I don't know why. Uh, it's been years. We used to have a shop downtown too. You visited that. Uh, one visit here, uh, they're long gone now. They don't exist anymore. But uh, one other, one last thing I got for collecting, I don't think I ever mentioned this, um, is uh, the Starbucks mugs. Uh, it's another little side collection I have. Uh, two kind of arrivals on that front. Uh, one during the recent uh, Star Wars Day, May the Fourth be with. May the Fourth be with you um the been there series they've done for the last now i think four years uh three new mugs this year we got jakku mustafar and coruscant so got those mugs to add to the collection and then uh with my saved up starbucks points while passing through the sacramento area after uh the comic shop um went to the local Starbucks there and they had uh, both a Sacramento area uh, been their cup. And I'd never seen it before, but a UC series for colleges and it was uh, for Sacramento state. So I uh, used my free points and uh, picked up two Starbucks mugs there. So uh, another collection you maybe uh, didn't know that I collected. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> was that it yeah 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 all righty on to random recommendations we're almost out of here everyone so just hang tough yep. a few more minutes uh i am gonna pick a film that i saw last year and uh, i talked about it here on the show uh, for those of you that have Hulu, the English dub version is on there. That's the one I've seen. I, I want to find the uh, Spanish version, but uh, I think I got to buy the Blu-ray. But anyway, this is Piggy. A teenage girl's weight makes her a target for incessant bullying from a clique of mean girls. After fleeing them at the town pool, she stumbles upon her tormentors being kidnapped by a mysterious stranger. Uh horror okay <laughs> but uh, to me it was more of a thriller but it's an uh, hour and 39 minutes I liked it I thought this movie was pretty cool so uh, definitely check it out uh, this is Piggy and it's streaming on Hulu 
All right. Uh, mine's also on Hulu. We talked about it earlier, the 2023 version of Whiteman Jump. Well, the original, the 1992 version, is also streaming on Hulu and Roku channel. Um, it's so good. It's still so good. And it's crazy how much, when you watch it, it actually makes the the new version like i said it makes the new version seem even and worse like they just shouldn't have named this new one uh white men can't jump uh, just can't live up to the original so but yeah check out the original on hulu or uh the roku channel also has it Alrighty, um my random track is gonna be from madonna her 1986 album True Blue. Uh, I was listening to this album when I was driving back from uh, from Oregon. I have not listened to this album in a really long time. I don't know what made me want to listen to Madonna. I love Madonna, first of all. But I was like, you know what? Let me, I think. Oh, I wanted to listen to Papa Don't Preach, and I just ended up listening to the whole album. But uh, one song that I it didn't it wasn't really a hit from this album. Um, but this is a track number five. Where's the party? I think it's a really kind of upbeat tune, and it's exactly where the party's at. You just turn it on, and everyone starts dancing. Uh, there was a few hits on this uh, on this album, but um, where's the party? I remember when I when I first got this tape, that was one that really stuck out to me. Other than the hits that are on here, you got Papa Don't Preach, uh, Open Your Heart, Live to Tell, True Blue, and La La Esponita, or however you say that that's one, but. Uh, it, it's a good album. I like it. Is before Madonna went wacky, but I think this was right uh, as soon as she became blonde <laughs> and everything. This is which her era when she married uh, Academy Award winner Champagne. Um, but yeah, from uh, Madonna's True Blue album, True Blue album, Where's the Party? All right, my track uh, was inspired by the 2023 version of white man can't jump and the song wasn't in the film but the artist was and this is uh, vince staples uh from the summertime 06 album which actually came out in 2015 uh listen to track three north north n-o-r-f n-o-r-f you got to hear this track. Uh, it's crazy good. Great uh, kind of grimy beat for it. And um, I, it's my favorite of uh, Vince Staples track that uh, he's done. Uh, I'm taking it. You haven't heard this one, right? I never even heard of him. <laughs> yeah. You should check out this track. I'd be shocked if you didn't like it. Like I said, it is grimy. Well, you could understand him. Yeah, great track. I I had never been scared of nothing but the police. I I can hear. I can understand him because there's some North Side Long Beach. North Side Long Beach. Some of these MCs now, you can't understand anything they're saying. But so yeah, he. You know, they had the final four players. He was one of those guys. The one that was not benched, the one that stayed in the game when uh, Jack Harlow uh, was picked to play. I don't remember. See, that's how forgettable that movie was, everyone. 
<laughs> but yeah, North North, great track. Kind of went under the radar, but uh, awesome track. <sighs> well, all right, everyone. That is it. That is it. This episode, not quite three hours, but um, we gave you a lot. Oh yeah, uh, bonus first first hour. We didn't know uh, <laughs> we didn't know what it would be. We thought it would be, or I thought it would be like fifteen minutes. Yeah, this <laughs> it would have been an hour and a half episode, but that first part was just an hour's worth of this and that catching up, everyone. Anyway, uh, follow us on Facebook. Just search E Society. Shoot on over to uh, Spotify. Uh, for podcasters and listen to that feed, aka used to be Anchor. Um, follow us on YouTube, search E Society. Go over to T Public, pick up a t shirt, E Society or Magnez Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, E Society Pod, at Magnez Pod, at Theo Zisu. Follow us on Instagram, at E Society Podcast, at The Zisu, at Magnez Pod. Follow us on TikTok, E Society Pod, and check out. Uh, Mixla Beat Productions, who does our intro and outro music, go to www.mixlaproduction.com for everything that you need. If you love our, our our intro and outro music, he's got a ton of good tracks over there to, to listen to. Uh, if you want to hear a little bit more, shoot on over to The Horror Returns, to the latest episode of THR Presents Stream Fiends, where we talk about uh, the 1996 film set it off. Uh, also, uh, Mixed Lobby Productions did the intro and outro to that for that show. And for Horror Returns, just go to thehorrorreturns.com and listen to everything that's there. There's links to all the shows, links to the T Public to get T-shirts, uh, links to uh, the Patreon, become a subscriber for the Horror Returns, and all of that. And uh, I think that's it, uh, everyone. But um, thank you so much for listening, everyone that that uh, comes back whenever we put these episodes out. Try to do it week to week, but it's just hard when life gets in the way. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's it this episode. And um, everyone, thank you so much. We'll be back more. There's uh, also there's all, always new movies coming out. If it's not in the theater, streaming or what have you. Um, there are some uh, couple movies that came out uh, months ago that I want to check out. That one with Russell Crowe, The Pope's Exorcist, or whatever the hell it's called. I'm going to try to get to that this week and uh, watch that. Plus, there's this other horror movie that everyone's telling me to watch. So I want to check that one out. And as far as new movies, um, we are going to get out and see uh, Fast 10 or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Um, I'm here. Probably Tuesday for me. Everyone's saying it's good, but they've been saying about that about all the other ones. And the last one, it was what it was. I enjoyed it, but it <laughs> nine it, nine is on the lower end for me. Like I said, when 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 I first saw it, it's it's been on the lower end for me. But uh, I have high hopes for this, just because, like I said, it related to five, which is my favorite of the bunch. So. I don't remember. I'd have to. I'll watch it and then. Um, have to go back uh, but um, the villain of five uh jason momoa is playing his son who's out for revenge after what happened to his father in five who's the villain now the brazil the kind of big boss guy down in brazil he had the safes that was the one where they dragged the safes through the street i don't even remember who the bad guys were 
So yeah, Jason Momoa, I guess, was yeah related to that guy. So now he's back for revenge for that. Which, like I said, five is my favorite of the bunch. So uh, and the I'm, bad guy and uh, yeah, Han. Yeah, they're gonna explain more of that, and I'm like, oh okay. Well, they did explain it in the last one, but ah, <laughs> all right. Um, now you got me curious. Who and who was um who was the bad guy in that one? I can picture his face. I don't remember his name right off the bat. Um. Yeah, see, I don't even know. I don't. I don't even remember. He was a older looking guy. Was it Ray's? Probably. That his name. That's the guy that was in. If it's him, it was the dude in uh, Desperado. If you guys have seen that, awesome, awesome film. But yeah, Fast 10 or whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to get out and see. I still need to see Guardians. I haven't even seen that yet. But wow. I'm just... To the second one. Did, did I, I rushed out to see that one and was let down. So I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll see it in the theater before it, it leaves. I mean, I did that with... I don't know. The last... Well, no, I went out and seen... Um, what was the last one? Black Panther? Quantumania. Oh, that one. I mean, I did. Oh, I got the Blu-ray for that while I was at Best Buy in Reno. Steelbook. Steelbook. Uh, yes. all right. They had plenty. Okay, I was gonna say I don't. I haven't been to Best Buy in a while. Every time I go in there, it's it's just getting the the little the physical media area is just getting smaller and smaller. So, but. Going to oh uh, that's what um, that's what's happening this weekend this coming up weekend I'm going down to Texas for uh, Texas Fry Mare I'm only going Friday because uh, I would like to stay but I got tickets to go see the Cure uh, at Shoreline so I'm flying back going to Texas Fry Mare Friday getting on that first flight Saturday morning fly to Reno then drive down to the Bay Area so. Uh, man, I just totally forgot Texas Frightmare was going on that week, and because uh, I'm a huge Cure fan, so I, I got I got to be there. Because I don't know if this is gonna be their last tour. Who knows? It might be. It might not be. But um, yeah, I'm gonna be in Texas Frightmare on Friday. So if you see me, definitely say what's up. Uh, shout out to uh, Ricky Morgan, um, Doctor Movie. Definitely go over to um, the Hail Ming Power Hours feed. And listen to all the stuff that they got there. Um, shout out to Ricky. I'm really stoked to get to see him. Um, Lance is going to be there from the Horror Returns. Everyone else is not. So for the representatives will be Lance and I for the Horror Returns. And for Isaiah and Magnez, I'll be there. And everyone else that I see when I go down there. So I can't wait. It's at a different place. It's not at that hotel. It's at the uh, convention center. I don't know how far that is away from uh, where it used to be. I mean, I liked it at that hotel, but it sucked to try to get there because it was right on the airport grounds and it was, you had to go in circles and circles just to get to that hotel. Uh, plus, it was it was getting so big, it was just hard uh, to move around in there because there were so many people in there. But this is in a convention center. I don't know how much space it is, but it seems like it's going to be much bigger and everything. And as far as the things that go on on uh, screenings and all that, I have no idea how they're doing it. If, if it's going to be at the whatever the closest hotel is, I, I don't know. I'll let you guys know when I find out. But 
yeah so uh, i'll be down in uh, texas on friday and uh hope to see you guys there but with that everyone please be safe out there come back um hopefully next week <laughs> i'm gonna try to do some stuff when i'm down in texas and uh maybe land to get ricky and whoever else on uh something and then put it out for you guys because i won't be back well, i guess I don't know. I might be going on another show Sunday night in uh, in Oakland or in San Francisco. And uh, yeah, I don't know. But about the indoor festival. I, I don't know. <laughs> I might, might not. If I'm going out of town and out of the country or out of the country, out of, out of the state, I don't know. We'll see, everyone. I might be in Eureka as well. I'm, you guys know me. I'm always going all over the place. But yeah. and again, <laughs> with that, everyone, please come back next week for more. And uh, yeah, so until then, please be safe out there and party on. Yep. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Till next time. Have fun. Be safe. We'll see you next time. It's exciting.